0: Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. On the wake up. Mama, you gonna wake up the rest of the bitches? Oh, yeah, did you wake me up? Yes, I woke you up. On the wake up. They don't wanna hear that Malcolm X shit. Man, yes they do, they need that shit. Now we give a little something called a stay woke up on the wake up. We're back at it one more again for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up your host this evening your brother Cam Kazi the Cutlass shout out to my co-host my brother John the Masonic Marine from the truth booth podcast shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together shout out to the whole on the wake up radio family and shout out to you the listener the on the wake up radio army. Can check us out. You can check out this live stream, especially at onthewakeupradio.com, where we have the 24-hour streaming radio network. That's right, folks. Onthewakeupradio.com. Check us out. You can also check out our social media page. Excuse me, otw2.com. Check out otw2.com. That's free speech social media. That is uncensored. No community guidelines. Go check it out. Tired of having your videos and your uh, your your posts deleted on your selected chosen uh, social media platform? Check out otwtube.com com. And uh, if you're on the other platforms, you can check us out at SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. If you're on any of those platforms definitely um hit that like button and if you feel so inclined hit that share button and share this content with someone who you feel is on the wake up and ready to hear this you have we have three years of archives three years of material and you know we talked a lot about these times that we're living in right now so definitely go back on those archives and check out some of that information Always, you know, take notes, write it down, and just, you know, find the stuff that you feel is relevant to your friends, family, loved ones, and to your own preparation, really. That's why we have them. Big shout out as well to FEMA Region 2 Administrator Deanne Criswell. We see you, Deanne. Thank you for keeping on the lights. And I want to give a special birthday shout out to my friend... To our friend, to one of our wonderful hosts, KB Visions. Blessed Earth Strong KB. How y'all doing tonight, folks? You are tuning in on the IG. I'm telling you now. Definitely tune in on the website as well, on thewakeupradio.com. We're gonna be talking about some hot shit tonight. And if y'all were here last week, I don't know if you were here last week. Anybody who was here last week knows, though, we got some heavy censorship. Like, right in the middle, we were reading this article, and the shit just got shut down. Completely shut down. We almost lost the broadcast, but we were able to bring it back. But we did lose a lot of content. But... (sighs) Yo, there's so much going on in the world right now, so much going on, Um, just getting my mind together right now, folks, don't mind me, got a bunch of stuff to talk about, if you got to check out the ad today, title of the show is False Positive Politics, False Positive Politics, peace, peace, I see you, Patty Mayonnaise called that false polit- positive politics because if you know uh, a false positive is when it speaks for itself. It's not really a positive, you know. And we've been seeing a lot of that, especially with these um, with these tests, with these CV tests. Uh, I'm gonna keep it light for right now because you know I want y'all to come in, kind of get comfortable, warm up. Maybe if you're drinking something, smoking something, you could engage in that at this point. got one of my magic concoctions tonight. But you see with the CV tests with the PCR test that they're doing right now, getting a lot of false positives. And that has been a theme all throughout since this so-called pandemic began. And from these false positives, we have policies being created, you know, r- real policies that are impacting people's lives the ad that i chose to use the clip that i chose to use is from the movie i am legend and in i am legend in that particular scene they had it's crazy because this movie's from i don't even know what year it's from but in this movie they had the uh, they had the uh, national guard or the military posted up and they were you know scanning people's heads and scanning no scanning people's eyes and their temperatures to see if they had been infected this movie came out in 2007. 2007, I Am Legend came out, okay? And so this is why we always say on this show and on this network, peep the propaganda, right? So I Am Legend came out in 2007. You see them with the sophisticated uh, scanner scanning people's retinas to see if they're turning into these, you know, they've been affected and they've been, uh, and they're going to turn. I don't know if the zombies have started as of yet. So you have... um Will Smith and his family going through the checkpoints. They're trying to get to the rescue helicopters. He gets scanned. His daughter gets scanned. They're fine. They scan his wife. And you see the thing turns red. So they're about to usher her off. He says, scan her again. Scan her again. He orders them because you know he's a big shot. He's He's military brass. So they have to listen to this motherfucker. So they scan his wife again. And then this time, it's green. She gets to pass. Yo, but how many people, you know, in this universe, how many people were scanned and it came up red and they didn't get the retest, okay? They got shipped off to some quarantine center or whatever it was, okay? So that is the nature of what we are dealing with right now, 2020, 2021 shit, okay? This movie came out a decade and a half ago. OK. But and you see the, the National Guard over there with their N95 masks as if that would <laughs> protect them <laughs> in a pandemic, you know. But that little scene like that, though when I say peep the propaganda, those are the little things that I'm looking for in movies now when I watch them. You know, it's the subtle things. It's not the big thing all the time. It's not the big plot all the time. But it's the subtle things that I pay attention to because that'll let you know, that'll give you an inkling of what may be coming down the line later on. So, yeah, as I, I noticed that in I Am Legend. And and that that's really the theme of where we're at right now in this country, in this world. It's it's the um false positive politics, folks. Where they have these whole policies. Like, it's so easy to usher people off at this point. And we're getting real close to that Gestapo shit. Real close to that Gestapo shit. Where, uh, I mean, you see what's going on in Canada right now, in the UK, where they're basically able to, you know, beat down people's doors and drag them out and bring them off to quarantine centers. And people are comfortable with that. The Regular citizens are comfortable with that because it's under the guise of, you know, protecting the population from someone who's diseased. But in the end of the day, it's still tyranny. And the only reason we're not seeing as much of it in this country is because we're, you know, we still have some freedoms. We still have some rights, uh, allegedly, you know, and it's not. They're not going to be able to do that in this country, in my opinion, until they really have taken the guns and you know made it so people can't protect themselves against this. You see the the situations, even with the no-knock raids, where sometimes no-knock raids go bad. Sometimes there's shootouts with the no-knock raids, and in certain cities, the police are kind of pulling back from the no-knock raids, saying that they're not going to do that anymore. But with this situation, with this pandemic situation, it's, um, it's kind of giving them, giving the authorities license to return to those type of policies. So they're in a strange place, in a weird place right now in the United States. Because on the one hand, they're taking away certain rights. On the other hand, like, Look what's going on with Black Lives Matter and the defund the police movement, right? Because of this defund the police movement, you have cities who are again, they're not doing as many no knock raids or they're or they're vowing not to do any more no knock raids. So how do you have that but then ramping up you know? health checks, uh, uh, what do you call it? Health and wellness checks, you know? So we're at an interesting point in this country, and I think it's important for anybody who's listening, folks like us, folks like you, to continue pushing, you know, pushing for our freedom, because that, if enough people come out and show that we're not with the shit, then they're not gonna be able to go forward with their policies. That's where we're at right now. And it's important for people to understand that. It's, um, (laughs) you know, and we're going to come back to this stuff. We're going to come back to this too tonight. If you were listening to the show last night, excuse me, last week, if you were listening to the show last week, then you heard that little fiasco that we had. Yo, when I tell you we got cut that we got cut off from the network and the live feed from Instagram was being completely compromised. Like that shit was crazy. And It was because of this article that I mean, I don't want to say why it was, but as that was all going on, I was reading an article. And then all of a sudden everything just kind of shut down on me. And so a lot of what I was reading was missed by the audience. So I'm actually going to go back and read that article so that we can really dialogue about what's going on right now. Because let me see if I can find it. It was about, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I'm about to go into. I'm gonna read. So the headline, and folks, I'm telling you, if you are listening on the IG, definitely uh, tune in on on the WakeUpRadio.com as well. You know, you can listen to both. You can listen. I always say, listen on the radio and just keep the IG on so that we could keep the conversation going, so that you could kind of chime in and dialogue. But. The The radio, it's nice, it's crisp, it's clear, you know, you can play it through your speakers at home. It's beautiful. And we got to get, you know, move away from their platforms as much as possible. Topic I was speaking on, The this is by, it's an article by Shane Harris. I can't remember, I think it was for uh, Complex Magazine. It might have been Complex Magazine. And... This article, I'd go search for it because it was scrubbed from the internet. So I had to do some digging, but was able to find it a few months ago. It's by, by the author's name, is Shane Harris. Now, this is important because last week we were talking about the infrastructure. we were talking about infrastructure blackouts, black start drills, you know, it, especially in light of the the hack on that, the, the colonial oil pipeline, the colo- excuse me, the colonial pipeline where so many people were suffering from you know gas and fuel shortages basically, fuel shortages. and it, it, you see how quickly it happened and that was something where it, it, it wasn't even the pipeline that was hacked. it was you know the business side of it. It was some you know probably some proprietary information would have been leaked and so they 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 gave, they hit them with the ransomware. but the actual operation, of the pop of the pipeline isn't what got hit but the owners of the pipeline chose to turn it off and cut off the supply of fuel basically to the whole east coast for a period of time okay that's scary because that so that wasn't that wasn't um, a cyber attack way that we would think of it that wasn't you know the Russia or China doing that that was basically some hackers who wanted some money you know so that that kind of falls in line with what this article deals with what you know we were to because we were talking, John and I were talking about the we were talking about Spetsnaz if you know what Spetsnaz is it, those are Russian special Special operators. That's special operations, Russian. Those are some bad motherfuckers. Spetsnaz, like that. They they break, um, you know, flaming cinder blocks over each other's heads and catch bullets and shit like that. Spetsnaz are some bad motherfuckers. Okay, if you don't know what it is? Just look it up. S P E T S N A Z. Oh yeah, folks. You already know. Get out your pens, papers, notebooks, uh, text edit, word process, whatever you got take some notes, okay? It would be great, too, if you're kind of looking up stuff as, you know, we're going through the program, too, because it takes a team, it takes an army, you know what I'm saying? It, It takes a village to do this type of work, but, you know, there are, at least, at the very least, hundreds of thousands of Spetsnaz in this country right now. And those are just the Russians. There's, you know, Chinese special forces, and they're in official and unofficial capacity working, living in this country. And, you know, uh, at least some of them, I believe, are sleeper cells. You know, Sergeant Major Dan Page talks about what they would do and what their responsibilities would be as sleeper cells. And, one of their responsibilities will be to round people up if it does come to that in this country. There's a lot of information, you know, uh, I've heard a lot of stuff over the years. All right. And I, and I always do my best not to be a fear, mong, fear monger, but to be reality based and realistic. And there's a lot of stuff that I just sit on and I have been sitting on for a long time. And you know, There's stuff that I try to share with people, but like I said, I'm not trying to be a fear monger, but tonight we're going to talk about some of that shit, okay? So Sergeant Major Dan Page, he explained to us that in the event that these sleeper cells, if and when these sleeper cells are activated, certain things and certain hallmarks that we have to look out for, one of those hallmarks is... The, uh, the assassination of police chiefs, commissioners, fire chiefs, um, EMS, heads of EMS, doctors, and then essential uh, utilities, power, water, okay, electric, natu- natural gas, you know, how, and he was explaining how a two-man team can go in there and basically completely disrupt any or all of these systems when the time is right at the appointed time. so I'm gonna read this article the article oh yeah exactly that that ties in with 2030 agenda 2030 you know so the article that we got shot down again folks go to on radio.com, listen live you can keep the IG on you know so, so you can be, be engaged in the comment section. But shit is about to warm up right now, okay? This is the article I was reading last last week when we got shut down, <clears throat> yeah, tiny house off the grid times yeah and then and then some, you know, and we could talk talk about that too, because the type of preparation that' it's going to take right now <sighs> we'll come back to that. Thank you, thank you, so. Headline, Military Style Raid on California Power Station Spooks US by Shane Harris. And I'm pretty sure this is from Complex Magazine. When US officials warn about attacks on electric power facilities these days, the first thing that comes to mind is probably a computer hacker trying to shut the lights off in a city with malware. This article is from like 2014, I think, folks, too. This is, this is an old, old article, all right? But a more traditional attack on a power station in California has U.S. officials puzzled and worried about the physical security of the electrical grid from attackers who come in with guns blazing. Around 1 a.m. on April 16, at least one individual, possibly two, Entered two different manholes at the PG&E Metcalf Power Substation, southeast of San Jose, and cut fiber cables in the area around the substation. That knocked out some local 911 services, landline service to the substation, and cell phone service in the area. A senior U.S. intelligence official told Foreign Policy. Okay, so first off. Peep game because they said 911 services, landline services, and cell phone service in the areas just south of San Jose were cut out when this attack occurred. All right. Now, what was the situation when the Black Star drills were going on in this country? If y'all know what the Black Star drills are, that is when it began a, a, a few years ago, but basically. They, you had um the Department of Energy, DARPA. Um, I know in New York they they were doing it at Plum Island, and basically they were they were taking over the power grid, and they said, okay, if there were a cyber attack and we had a cyber attack on the power grid, and we had to manually restart the grid. What well, how would we do that? And DARPA came in and they, you know, did some I can't remember what they called it now. It was some kind of like crank situation where they had to use diesel engines, I think, basically to restart the power grid. And so when these drills, when these when these exercises were going on, that's when all this weird power stuff happened. That's when like that blue light appeared in New York City, freaked people out, looked like an alien invasion. There were uh, blackouts all over the country. There were uh, electrical or power grid anomalies, and someone had actually sent me a message showing that nine one one was out in different places. I think it happened in Boston. It happened in parts of Oregon, where nine one one was out. Okay, even in, in Oregon, funny enough, uh, one one individual she sent me a message and it showed she showed how. Her nine one one was out. And at the same time, she was under whatever her FEMA region, whatever her FEMA region was. She was told to um, to basically go to not go, but um, if there was an emergency to contact her FEMA region office or something like that, which is in Washington, which I thought was really interesting because that just shows a level of activation of the FEMA regions. Like those shits could be activated and we don't even know it. That's why. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you're on the IG, shout out your FEMA region. (coughs) Shout out your FEMA region, folks. I want to see. I want to make sure you know where your FEMA region is. And, you know, if you know who your FEMA region administrator is, it also uh, would be good to get familiar with that individual. Tony Tone said that blackout happened. Oh, three. Have anything to do with this? I have no idea. I have no idea. 03, I, that was before I was even aware of this type of thing. You know, the Black Star drills were in the last probably five years or so. So uh, I don't really know about that. But 03, that, that could have been a cyber attack. I, I don't really know what what caused that. But I remember it. And that took out large chunks of our power grid. So I'm going to continue with this article. Um, like i said it knocked out some local 911 services landline service to the substation and cell phone service in the area a senior us intelligence official told foreign policy so automatically just keep that in mind folks right so they knew that whoever these attackers were they knew the, the exact cable to cut to cut off 911 all right now watch what happens next the intruders Then fired more than 100 rounds from what two officials described as a high-powered rifle at several Transformers in the facility. Ten Transformers were damaged in one area of the facility and three Transformer banks or groups of Transformers were hit in another, according to a PG&E spokesman. So 100 rounds. That meant they knew there was no 911 service, so they knew that they could just run free and do whatever they wanted at this point, Okay. Cooling oil then leaked from a transformer bank, causing the transformers to overheat and shut down, okay? So, this systematic shutdown of the power grid, okay? And this one was done using firearms. Um... State regulators urged customers in the area to conserve energy over the following days, but there was no long-term damage reported at the facility and there were no major power outages. There were no injuries reported. That was the good news. The bad news is that officials don't know who the shooters were and, most importantly, whether further attacks are planned. Initially, the attack was being treated as vandalism and handled by local law enforcement the senior intelligence official said, quote, however, investigators have been quoted in the press expressing opinions opinions that there are indications that the timing of the attacks and target selection indicate a higher level of planning and sophistic- sophistication, end quote. You're damn right. Higher level of planning and, and sophistication. Okay. So they, they knew these people, that means that they had blueprints. They knew they had to be specialists on a certain level, and they had to know exactly what they were going after in order to do this. And, you know, I think someone said it in the, in the comments. This might have been a cover up for something else. I'm just seeing if I could pull up. Oh, here we go. So this was in Tootsie. Now, this was 2013. This happened in 2013, folks. April 16th. 2013. It's that Metcalf sniper attack. That's what they're calling it. All right. The Metcalf sniper attack. So, if y'all want to just, you know, you, you want to look that up. It's so funny because the information on it, uh, there's information on it. There's plenty of information on it. This particular article was just deleted off the internet, though. So, you know, we had to go and, and scoop it. The FBI has taken over the case. There appears to have been some initial concern or at least interest in the fact that the shooting happened one day after the Boston Marathon bombing. Right. You remember that. Okay. some of y'all remember that this happened one day after the Boston Marathon bombing. Okay. perfect timing. But the FBI has no evidence that the attack is related to terrorism and it appears to be an isolated incident said Peter Lee, a spokesman for the FBI field office in San Francisco, which is leading the investigation. Lee said the FBI has a couple of leads we're still following up on, which he wouldn't discuss in detail. There has not been any published motive or intent for the attack, the intelligence official said, and no one has claimed credit. Right. So even when we're talking about the Boston bombing, I know we've talked about this a lot on this show and in this network. Boston bomb. That was an Operation Gladio operation. You know that was um the the basically though whatever we saw happen in Boston, those were some kind of sleeper cells, and those are like state-sponsored sleeper cells. Yeah, right. You know the crisis actors and all that stuff. These people, when you talk about Operation Gladio, Operation Gladio B, you're talking about NATO's, NATO's stay-behind army, okay? And once you start to learn a little bit about the Gladio soldiers, those are philosophically driven individuals. It's like Hydra in the Marvel comics, you know? These are people who can carry out acts of terror, false flags, you know, they, they're claiming it to be someone else who they're not. But for the purpose of driving certain policies, you know, the, the problem reaction solution. W- what we saw in Boston that day, besides the explosions, and you know, there was a lot of funny business going on. You know, uh, Boston Globe reported that there was a training exercise going on um, where they were going to defuse a fake bomb on the steps of, I think it was the Boston Library. They tweeted that there was an there were articles that had come out about special team of basically anti-terror. There was an anti-terror drill going on where they brought in about 1500 National Guard, FBI, all kind of specialists who were already in the area. And so and that's the the irony to me, because I remember hearing about all that. But then when the explosion happened in Boston, I'm like, wait. Yeah, I had 1,500 of these specialists in town and not a one of these motherfuckers got wind that there was a terrorist attack about to go off. Again, it's one of those articles that, you know, might have been scrubbed off the Internet. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to find it. It's taken me a long time to actually access that information, especially the way the algorithms are right now. That's why when you find stuff like that, folks, you have to download it and save it. If you are, if you are, are, have been with the On The Wake Up Radio family and the On, On The Wake Up Radio Army for any amount of time since the beginning, then you know that with our old page, we had the Research Institute, the On The Wake Up Radio Research Institute. We are going to bring that back with those choice selection of download PDFs. We told you to get them when we had the first website. If y'all didn't listen... If y'all didn't listen, then you missed it because we had, we had. When I tell you we had dozens and dozens of free download PDFs for you to get that information, and then you know there was a time where it's basically been what, like a couple of years now, where that just hasn't been available. So we're gonna make that available again. And I'm telling you, when we put that up, go in there and download that content. I know we had people downloading it from all around the world. Okay which was a good thing, and we're going to bring it back, but I'm telling you, when we bring it back, folks, get that content, all right, you know, so that, this happened the day after the Boston bombing, yeah, yeah, Sandy Hook was before that, too, Sandy Hook, I I think that was the year before, year or two before, yeah, that whole shit was, um, yeah, Samson Option, free PDFs of books, right, scrubbed from the internet, (laughs) unbelievable, Unbelievable. Thank you, Cindy. Super producer, Cindy Ashby. You know, and I got to say, folks, everything we do is a labor of love. Everything we do here is a labor of love. We're not getting paid for this shit, but we're making these things available because there's a culmination. If you put together, you know, all the hosts and and all the, the members of On The Wake Up, we have at least a few hundred years Of just knowledge and information that we are freely sharing with the people and so at the very least we just need y'all to do your homework do your homework you know shout out to super slide 75 I caught slide show from the other day I was listening to it earlier and slide was saying he said listen this ain't the show this ain't the show to come This ain't the show for beginners, basically, you know, you got to come with a certain level of information and it's not to belittle or demean anybody. But, you know, we're we're at a level right now where everybody who's listening right now, you have to be a researcher in your own right. And if you need assistance in, in researching, you know, like we are resources for that. You know, you can go back on past shows, a lot of y'all co- communicate with us on a regular basis, which is very cool, because you see, like, we'll shoot you articles, whatever it is, y'all send stuff our way, we send stuff your way, that's what it is, excuse me, and we're just representatives for for the larger, you know, for all of you, really. Cause just because my voice is going out on the airwaves doesn't mean I have all the answers. I'm constantly talking to people. People are constantly putting me on. And I thank you because y'all be putting me on to some shit when I tell you, yo, the stuff that people send my way is incredible. And I appreciate you for it because it just it adds more adds more depth and life to the to the overall picture. You feel me? So back to this article. So this is, again, happened the day after the Boston bombing. Are they related? Maybe, maybe not. Local investigators seemed to hit a dead end in June, so they released surveillance footage of the shooting, but that apparently produced no new information. The FBI says there have been no tips from the public about who the shooter might be and what he was doing there. The incident might have stayed a local news story, but this month, Representative Henry Waxman the California Democrat and ranking member of the Energy and Commerce Committee mentioned it at a hearing on a regulatory regulatory issues. Quote, it is clear that the electric grid is not adequately protected from physical or cyber attacks. End quote, Waxman said. He called the shooting at the San Jose facility, quote, an unprecedented and sophisticated attack on an electric grid substation with military style weapons. Communications were disrupted. The attack inflicted substantial damage. It took weeks to replace the damaged parts. Under slightly different conditions, there could have been serious power outages or worse, end quote. The U.S. officials said the incident, quote, did not involve a cyber attack, end quote. But that's about all investigators seem to know right now. AT&T, which operates the phone network that was affected, has offered a $250,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the perpetrator or perpetrators. Quote, these were not amateurs taking pot shots. End quote. Mark Johnson, a former vice president for transmission operations at PG&E, said last month at a conference on grid security held in Philadelphia. Quote, my personal view is that this was A dress rehearsal for future attacks, okay? Peep game, folks. All right? That's what he said. He said, my personal view is that this was a dress rehearsal for future attacks, all right? Pay attention to that shit because that is exactly what we are talking about, okay? Yeah, you know, the the San Jose, they'll they'll take out, uh, uh practice this on some obscure facility Outside of San Jose. San Jose is a a big city. It's a major city, but it's not, you know, it's not as large as some other cities. Okay, So now. Fast forward. All right. They know that it works. They have a blueprint of how to carry out or a template of how to carry out this type of attack, possibly in larger cities. And they know that they can get away with it. This was a one, maybe two-man team, all right? Again, to me, sounds like Spetsnaz shit. Sounds like some foreign operators to me. Or, and, and when I say foreign operators, again, it could easily be some Gladio type shit because it, the Gladio soldiers, it's, it's a mixture of different peoples. You have Americans, Russians, Germans, probably some Chinese, Asians, okay? You probably have some Turkish in there. Back to the article. At the very least, the attack points to an arguably overlooked physical threat to power facilities at a time when much of the U.S. intelligence community, Congress, and the electrical power industry is focused on the risk of cyber attacks. There's never been a confirmed power outage caused by a cyber attack in the United States, but the Obama, but the Obama administration has sought to promulgate cybersecurity standards that power facilities could use to minimize the risk of one. Okay. And this just goes on. Um, shooter could get 200 yards away with a 22 rifle and take the whole thing out, Wellinghoff said last month at a conference sponsored by Bloomberg. His proposed defense, a metal sheet that would block the transformer from view. Quote, if you can't see through the fence, you can't figure out where to shoot anymore, Wellinghoff said. Price tag, a couple hundred bucks a lot cheaper than the billions the administration has spent in the past four years beefing up cybersecurity. And this is, you know, it's getting some partisan bullshit at the end of the day. um, Quote, there are ways that a very few number of actors with very rudimentary equipment could take down large portions of our grid, Wellinghoff said, quote, I don't think we have the level of physical security we need. And that is the truth right there. And that's one of the most important parts of that is that our power grid is so vulnerable. I mean, so many things could so many things could bring down our power grid at any moment. Whether it's a cyber attack, whether it's a physical attack like that one right there, or whether it's an EMP—an EMP, an EMP um, detonated at a certain height in our atmosphere in the middle of the country—that could basically knock out the power grid for the whole country. There's a show, it's a documentary or a a mockumentary, maybe you'd call it, uh, kind of a documentary, but like a dramatization called American Blackout that came on National Geographic. See if you can find American Blackout on YouTube now, all right? American Blackout has been wiped off of the internet. I remember when this came out, this was during a time when Again, there was big talk about EMPs and blackouts and what to do in a blackout situation. And just like that, you know, it, it was on the internet for a while, but now you can't really find it on YouTube. So it makes me wonder, like, is it that time? Are they about to do some shit? Is something coming? Why would they take American blackout off of off of YouTube at this point? You really can't find it, folks. Basic things, there are basic things, and we say it all the time on this show and on this network, all right? You have to have water filtration system. You have to have a way to obtain water if you don't have any water. One good thing that you should probably have is a dehumidifier, okay? Dehumidifier. Because a dehumidifier is a way dehumidifiers or even an AC unit, they produce water, all right? Not a lot, but they produce enough water. If you run a dehumidifier throughout the day, especially during the summertime, you you, sh- you can at least produce a decent amount of drinking water. If there's no power, I mean, you know, you can set up a solar system, get you a, Get you a, a dehumidifier, um, a power inverter, let me see, dehumidifier, power inverter, I would say like 1,500-watt, a 2,500-watt power inverter, um, marine battery. Then get you a little solar kit for like $150, $200. Set that up and then you basically have free a free water system right there, you know? Especially if you live kind of like in more of a country environment or a place where you, eat, you can spread out a little bit, you should have something like that because then at the very least you have a self-contained system where you know you can run your your waters and then just put that water through a filtration system. On, on the food level, you should always have you know, you can have your canned goods, but also have your non-perishable, nutrient dense superfoods, okay? That's your beans, that's your rice, okay? If you can, get you a nice 50 pound bag of rice. Get you the bags of beans, the dried beans, you know, you got the garbanzo beans, the black beans, Uh, navy beans, that's a big one, navy beans, because navy beans, because of the iodine in navy beans, that's one of the things that'll help to protect your thyroid. If there is some kind of nuclear fallout, especially even with some kind of cyber attack because if there is a cyber to anything where there's the power grid going down you have to be aware that nuclear power plants uh, that's a whole other can of worms yo whoever it's like they set us up for failure i swear because the nuclear power plants a certain time if if there is a, some kind of devastation to the power grid, that leaves them vulnerable and ultimately they could. I mean there could be a, a meltdown like a Fukushima type meltdown. You know if, if you live in <laughs> you live in New York City, there's a thing 30 miles up the Hudson River, upriver, 30 miles upriver called Indian Point nuclear power plant. Indian Point is a shoddy, shabbily put together power plant from like the 1950s or some shit like that. That thing has had so many potential meltdowns, you know? They have. And the thing with nuclear power plants, too, is they have. Once the fuel rods are used, they have. They're they're called spent fuel rods. They put them in pools and tanks that are still on the premises of the power plant. And those spent fuel rods need to be kept cool because they're just so hot that they're not just going to cool down on their own. So like in Indian Point, they have, you know, basically 60, 70 years worth of spent fuel rods on the premises okay and in these old like 19 you know back in the 50s they didn't really know shit about what they were doing they just did it then you know in the 70s like oh shit (laughs) it's going in the groundwater type of thing you know i'm sure that's going on all across the country but we're just going to talk about indian point right now you know the they realized that the some of this leaks in the leaks in the facility and it's going into the Hudson River and it's coming down to what's in the city over here and I'm sure this again is happening all across the country but if there were a meltdown if there were a nuclear meltdown yo we would be fucked because we're downriver from it that means everything from a little above the Tappan Zee Bridge all the way down to New York City would get slammed from this nuclear fallout. So just because we don't really, you can't really smell nuclear energy, you can't, you know, you can't smell or taste radiation. You just see the effects of the devastation. And so you want something like navy beans, potassium iodide to protect your thyroid. There's a certain amount of potassium iodide that you could should take basically every 24 hours as you get away from the nuclear fallout zone, okay? That's what's gonna protect you. That's gonna protect you from the radiation so you don't fucking break out in legions and die because your insides are liquefied, okay? Nutrient-dense superfoods, you always wanna have them on deck. You wanna have your chlorella, your spirulina, because those are going to help um, to orally chelate heavy metals out of your body and out of your cells. Because, you know, in a shit-hits-the-fan situation, I'm telling you, nutrition and toxins, those are some of the big things. You know, uh, being able to uh, have access to clean water and foods with, with nutrient content, okay? High nutrient content, chlorella, spirulina, moringa. If you can get your hands on some Moringa, just keep that, you know, keep yourself a nice big bag of Moringa around just in case. Because that has 90-something, uh, uh, or maybe it has 100-something nutrients. I don't know, it has a lot of nutrients in it. You have, there are 90-something essential nutrients that you should be consuming every day. Moringa has most of those, if not all of those. Another thing that has most of those, if not all of those, is sea moss. So if you can... um um, if you can, uh, get your hands on CMOS, that's a good thing. Okay. Kiss Me Adora says EMP protector is very good against radiation. Thank you very much. EMP protection. Yeah. EMP protection. So what kind of EMP protection would you suggest? Can you, can you put anything, can you name anything that we might want to, uh, procure? Folks, take notes. Take notes because you know people are always asking me and asking us, what can I do? What can I do about you know this? Like, listen, I don't have all the answers, but I'll tell you what I try to do, and what I try to have around. Um, for immunity, uh, something that's good to have is elderberries, elderberry syrup. There's a lot of good stuff for immunity. Elderberry syrup is one of them. I I make my own elderberry syrup. I just get the dried elderberries and just make the syrup myself. There's there's some good recipes online. You can do the elderberries. You can put cloves in there, cloves, cinnamon. Um, Honey is a good preservative. I usually use honey and brandy as preservatives because if you do it without those, then it it has a short shelf life. But then if you put enough honey and enough brandy in it, it's like cough syrup that should last you a long time, and it's not going to spoil on you. So that's what I use in my elderberry syrup, and you know a couple other ingredients. Zinc, you want to have zinc, vitamin C, high dose vitamin C, because you know again that's the type of stuff that helps you to fight off pathogens. I know in, in light of this uh, COVID situation. You know, people, there's a lot of things. I'm hearing about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin work really well to protect your cells against whatever the hell it is. Um, something else, quinine. I heard quinine. From what I understand, quinine is basically what hydroxychloroquine is trying to imitate. From what I understand, is quinine. So if you can get your hands on some quinine. And not like, again, not this manufactured bullshit. Just get the the bark if you can. The Cicino. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sicino bark, something like that. Get your hands on it if you can. These are the type of things that you just want to have at your disposal at all times. And of course, weapons. Firearms. If you live in a pro-two state, a pro-second amendment state, a red state, then you should definitely. You have no excuse not to have firearms, ladies and gentlemen. If you live in a state that is looks favorably at firearms, get them, okay. And don't just. You don't need a whole, but you don't need a dozen firearms, okay. You need a few firearms and a lot of bullets. All right. Right. Um, So Mr. Grass, good question. All good. Only in a scenario where you have to get away from something, be on the move, how would you carry all the needed supplies? You wouldn't carry all the needed supplies. (laughs) You know, that's why, again, even with the firearms, having firearms, have a certain amount of ammo that you can carry with you, have, have water that you can carry with you, um, and that's why I say the nutrient-dense superfoods. That's why I would say like the moringa, the spirulina, the chlorella, because most of those are pow- powders. The ashwagandha, because that, that those things are good for your nervous system. The vitamin C, the zinc, maybe a bottle of elderberry syrup. Those things are good for your, for your immune system. Um, those are the type of things, because w- when it's that type of situation, when you have to bug out, that's a whole other situation because then where do you go when you bug out? What time of the year are you bugging out? What type of environment do you live in where you bug out, okay? I'm in New York City right now. Bugging out, if I had to bug out of New York City, I don't know. I don't know. I'm under the, the philosophy of hunkering down too, you know, bugging in. Just depending, like if it was like a no clear, nuclear fallout situation, um, yeah, you know, I'd do my best to get out of here. But then, what am I going towards? Where am I going in the end of the day? I'd probably head south where it's warmer. I definitely wouldn't go to Canada. It gets cold in that bitch at some point in the year. And even right now, it right now it's what is it May thirty first? It's cold as shit outside. OK, so and it is rainy, you know, I mean, a good rainstorm can fuck up your whole bug out if you're walking. All right. How long will boots last? Do I have do you have boots? Do what kind of shoes do you have? How long will they last? That out, How far can you walk in a day? What do you use for shelter? What do you use for food? Where do you get food? OK, all that moringa and all that shit, that's good for giving your body the nutrients that it needs. But what happens when you're hungry? People think differently when they're hungry, okay? Anybody who's been hungry, you know you think a little bit differently. All you, if y'all have seen Mad Max, all that shit makes sense to me because I get it, you know what I'm saying? When you're hungry, you, you see the fucking warlords and people following them to hell to go because they want food, man. They want basic necessities. They want food, water, and shelter. And if they have somebody who can help them to get that or provide that for them, then hell yeah, they're gonna ride that individual, okay? So these are the type of things that people have to consider when it comes to bugging out. And I promise you, I'm no expert on bugging out at all. And I always tell people, like, I've just done the research that I know what I need to do for myself. And I know that there's things I can definitely improve on. And, you know, I hope that I'm never in a situation where I have to do that. Okay? Turmeric is another one. Turmeric is another thing that you want to consume regularly. Great for inflammation. Okay? Okay? We need uh, turmeric and ashwagandha. Those are two things that are really good. Uh, ginger, that's another one, because you want uh, your cognitive abilities need to be on point, especially if you are in a situation where you're hungry. Hungry, you, you, your your decision making skills might go down a little bit. Okay, people, yo, know, people might make poor decisions based off of their hunger. All right, if you're used to eating rich foods all the time rich foods uh fatty foods um yeah even like fast foods things like that if you can't access that stuff the fucking parasites in your stomach are gonna be kicking your ass to get you a nice cheeseburger okay um (laughs) your body your, your gut is gonna be saying one thing your brain's gonna be saying another thing your heart's gonna be saying another thing those are all uh, what do you call it? Neural junctions and energy centers in your body that are all going to be having different conversations while you're over here just trying to survive in a shit hits the fan situation, okay? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Kiss me a door. Also, people should go to YouTube and learn how to turn dirty water into clean, purified spring water. That's right. And people should maybe get life straws. I would say get a couple life straws, too, if you can. Yeah. Cause it's it's not easy, and you know, and and we have to skill up on these things now, and not because they like if there were a blackout, there would be no YouTube. You know what you have in your brain is what you have, okay? And you know that that's a scary thought because we have so much of this stuff just accessible at our fingertips. But what happens if we don't? You know. It's just you and the elements. And that's not even talking about the savages out there. Do you have a way to fend off savages, OK? What will people do when they're desperate? And what are you willing to do to protect you and your family from someone who is desperate? When American Blackout came out, um, a bunch of my comrades and I, a whole bunch of us. We had a viewing party in a way. You know, it wasn't a real party. It was um it was a whole bunch of people at at home watching it for themselves. And then we came back and we gave the input on what we learned from American Blackout. And it was cool just to, you know, kind of a camaraderie and team building exercise. And and really, just as a support network. Because a lot of us, we weren't right near each other, but we were all in the same state, within 50 miles or 20, 30 miles of each other. Oh yeah, yo, anybody listening, this is what I'm telling you, you're going to get kicked out Look at the link right down there at the bottom, okay? Look at that, the pinned link on the wakeupradio.com. You can listen on right there. You're going to get kicked out because of the hot shit that we're talking about tonight. But if you go and you listen on the on the radio, you will get the crisp, clear broadcast, I promise, okay? But, yeah, we, we talked about, you know, what we had learned from American Blackout. And it was a really good camaraderie building exercise because everybody learns everybody learns something different and notice different things about the documentary so it's difficult to find it now i'm definitely going to i'm definitely going to uh, post it on my page on on otwtube.com just a salute you know as a salute to everybody who's listening right now and everybody who's probably looking for it right now cuz this is information that we should we should know in American Blackout, there were so many teachable moments. I mean, if uh, you don't understand. Uh, fo- a fucking splinter or a nail. You step on a nail, and that could be your ass. You know what I mean? Hey, fuck it. If you don't know how to deal with it, an infection or, or, or mitigate the situation, when you cut yourself open, you know, um, the, the older you get, the, the thinner your skin gets. Are you a bleeder? What happens if you keep bleeding? How do you stop the bleeding? How do you clean that wound? How do you then replenish the nutrients in your body so that you have enough energy to move on to the next thing? Okay. How do you defend yourself if you're tired? All right. These are the things that most people don't think about, but you should have that kind of in your toolkit, in your arsenal for if and when shit hits the fan. All right. And so these are the type of things that we're talking about. I could go on, but I think you get the point, you know? And I uh, I would say y'all should definitely check out that that power grid, the um the Metcalf sniper attack. Okay, Kiss Meador said we had blackouts in the northeast in 2003, that's right, in the southwest of 2011 in derecho blackout in 2012, see? Exactly. So they keep whatever that's about they keep running these tests and people just need to be be aware, you know. You can go back on this show. There's plenty of information out there on what we can do before these sh- this thing goes down. But th- listen, the learning curve is so steep right now. And that's why we always encourage people to go to the archives of On The Wake Up Radio. Because that's like a clearinghouse for information. Where you can go, oh, it's 111 right now, folks. 111. That's a clearinghouse, really? You said my what? Transmissions going in and out on the radio too? That's some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's we, we're getting interference all over. It's <laughs> it's funny, man. It's funny, but it's not funny. Yeah, we get interference apparently all over. Thank you, thank you. One eleven. Damn, that's some bullshit. Ah, <sighs> we're trying, folks. We're trying. But, yeah, because, you know, like like I said, we talk about hot shit on the show all the time. And, you know, we, we can talk about a lot of theories, but we don't need to theorize because there's so much concrete shit that we know and that we can do <laughs> in this world now. And what I was saying, the learning curve is really steep right now. And so you have to do your best to skill up I uh, you know I feel for the people who who are just waking up because it's gonna be really difficult for you you know because with besides there being so much information to absorb like I, I always saying this is not to be braggadocious you know I, I started to wake up around 2000 2001 you know the year 2000 2001 so i've literally had 20 fucking years to process this information 20 years a good 20 years to sit back and process it and go through the range of emotions that go with it you know you learn something you just, the fucking the, the outrage then the the denial then the outrage then the you know whatever those levels of Trauma, whatever it is, you know, I don't know all the levels, but I believe we all go through it as we learn information. And then at a certain point, you have to be able to put that information into the proper context, you know, put things into their place. And sometimes, like, listen, there's things, yo, when I tell you, there are things that I learned or that I read and came across in 2001. I had no context for until even now 20 years later and so I'll say it often there's a lot of stuff that I've heard over the years that I don't talk about because I don't always have the right context for it but as time passes it becomes more and more clear. So we if you're just waking up or if you're just kind of being exposed to this information now, you, you have the disadvantage of not having the luxury of time to process it. So you're processing your, your emotions and you're processing information you got to be a fucking ninja in these times, <laughs> it, you know, for, for people who are just waking up because there's so much coming at you. There's so much of the world coming at you. It's not just the information. Like, you're doing this in real time. It's like you're on a conveyor belt that's going extremely fast towards a destination that before you woke up, you weren't even aware that you were on a conveyor belt, Okay. Now you're looking down, you say, oh, shit, the floor is moving. Oh, yeah, now I'm going towards something. And you don't know if it's good or bad, okay? You You learn that it's bad. How do I get off this conveyor belt? Oh, there's no getting off? Oh, shit, oh, there's a whole line of people. Oh, try to look and see what's up ahead of you, but you still don't know what the fuck is going on. You just know that you're on this conveyor belt. It's going someplace fast. It might be bad up ahead, and you got to figure out how to get off this bitch, Okay. If I could give you an analogy for waking up in 2020, 2021, it's the conveyor belt, all right? And so in the midst of that, as I'm saying, you got to be able to process your emotions, and you, you have to be able to do it without fear because fear clouds emotions. You know, fear, fear clouds judgment. We, we can't move from a place of fear, okay? I was listening to, to um, audio from uh, Mama Bayina Bello, and she was saying that fear, we, we have fear because of ignorance, Okay, fear, the only time you should have fear in you is if something is directly trying to harm you or if you are in harm's way. And once you escape that harm, then fear should leave out of your body. There should never be extended amounts of fear in your body. I give the example all the time of a bird. You see the birds hanging out, chilling, eating, doing what they do, and then somebody walks by, a cat walks by, and what's the bird do? The bird flies up in the tree, fight or flight, right? The bird's either gonna fight or they're gonna flight. The birds fly up in the tree. Once they're up in the tree, they're back to doing what they're doing, you know? Or once the danger passes, they'll come back down to the ground and finish doing what they were doing, right? Because danger is going out of the way. That fight or flight, That adrenaline that is coursing through their body—they have worked that adrenaline out. They have pumped it through their uh, through their bloodstream, I guess, back through their liver and back through their kidneys, and it dissipates through into the body somewhere. You know, birds don't sweat. Humans sweat, though. We might sweat. You know, whatever we do, we that that adrenaline that's running through the body, that's coursing through the body, can be resolved. We just run it off. That's why if something scares me. Sometimes I'll just jog in place, you know, something like that, so that that fear, it's a chemical in your body, so that that chemical gets to course through your system and run its course. You know, um, you fight, fighting in a fight or flight situation is the same exact thing where you're going to fight until you're safe and then you resolve that adrenaline running through your body. Right. So this should never be a moment where you have pro- a prolonged fear in your body that's fuckery, okay? If any type of situation where you have prolonged fear, anxiety, that's fuckery. And that's usually caused by by government, religion, family, a whole bunch of these Mr. Smiths fucking running around here working for the government uh intentionally or unintentionally. You know? Look at these people like with these mask mandates, the so-called mandates. Look at how the people, if you walk down the street without a mask, you got the, the people looking at you, excuse me, with the crazy eyes. The, and, and I dare them to say something to me, you know? Just your fucking mouth. But these people are living in fear, constant fear. The, the terminology constant fear should let you know something is wrong here, OK? So point being all that fear it clouds your judgment fear we have fear because of ignorance is what Baina Bello says so in other words if fear is ignorance and because of ignorance then to resolve fear we have to educate ourselves okay we have to be able to move through this world without fear i don't care how scary the shit is you know I don't care how scary this shit is. We should still be able to move through this world without fear because t- my opinion, the greatest fear is of death. If you overcome your fear of death, that makes you a dangerous individual because then you are no longer subject to just the whims of you know, fucking whatever's on TV or what the government says or what your pastor says and none of that shit. Why do you think uh, religion is so powerful because they keep people in fear they keep people thinking that they're gonna burn in hell especially like the the Ju- Judeo- Christian religion Let's just say Christianity you know or Islam they, they have people fearing uh, of burning in hell eternally that is fucking terrifying the thought that someone might burn in hell eternally like have you ever been to a dentist office Have you ever had dentists clean your teeth or do work for an hour, torture your mouth for an hour, and you're telling me that these fucking pitchfork wheeling devils are going to burn and fry and poke my ass for eternity, nigga? Yes, that's terrifying. And that's what religion does to me. That's why religion is fucked up, because... They keep people in a constant state of fear and people who are afraid comply with anything that makes them dangerous. Okay, So much to talk about. Folks, you were listening to on the wake up radio. Um, I'm hearing people getting bounced off of the live stream that's what happens especially when we start talking about this hot shit you can tune in at com. interesting story came across my radar i was actually uh someone put me on <laughs> you don't like my attitude <laughs> you don't like my attitude? Do you want me to be a little more scared? <laughs> um. So, RT News. RT News. They uh. They did a story on. On how, the European nations. On how the European nations, Germany and France specifically, are, (coughs) excuse me, on how uh, Germany and France specifically are apologizing to African nations for their roles, okay? So Germany is apologizing to Namibia due to... Let me just read this from the Daily Mail UK. Headline, Germany apologizes for slaughtering 75,000 tribes people in Namibia and accepts it was genocide. But chief rejects 950 million euro funding deal as an insult. Germany apologized on Friday. So this is from, what's the date of this? May 28th, 2021, that's just three days ago. Germany apologized on Friday for its role in the slaughter of Herero and Nama tribes, people in Namibia more than a century ago, officially recognizing the massacre as a genocide. Germany has also agreed to fund projects worth over a billion euros as a way of recompense in a deal with the Namibian government. Foreign minister Heiko Maas announced but the agreement was reject, rejected by Herrero Paramount Chief Vikui Rakuro because it did not include the payment of reparations. Quote, that's a black cat in the bag instead of reparations for a crime against humanity, end quote, he said, referring to a German commitment to fund one point one billion euros of reconstruction and development projects in Namibia. Because you already know that type of that type of uh, aid usually comes with a fucking pitchfork, okay? Quote, no self-respecting African will accept such an insult in this day and age from a so-called civilized European nation. I hope not. Y'all know better than that. German occupiers in Namibia killed tens of thousands of indigenous Herero and Nama people in 1904 and 1908 massacres, which historians have called the first genocide in the 20th century. Listen, All that Holocaust shit that people talk about, listen, the Germans perfected it in Africa, okay? They perfected that shit in Africa and then carried it out, you know? And they talk about the Jews that were killed. They killed 600,000 Jews, but how many other people? They killed some 10 million people under Hitler, 10 million human beings under Hitler, okay? Including with the concentration camps. I'm pretty sure they had said... Established concentration camps in Namibia as well. You don't hear about that Holocaust, right? King Leopold killed 10, 20 million Africans. King Leopold of um of Belgium, cocksucker. May he burn in hell eternally. You know, and this article goes on. Yeah, they killed a lot of people, Germans in Namibia. 1904 to 1908, right? So in the RT report, they also said that even now, 80% of the land is still owned by former, by the descendants of the German colonists in Namibia, okay? Namibia, according to this report, is as large as California and Texas. Those are like the two largest states in this country. This country is as large as about those two. And 80% is owned by the former colonists. So what kind of restitution can they really get? It's not even in the hands of African people in the end of the day. So I just went and looked and see What are the major natural resources of Namibia? This is from worldatlas.com. All right, they have their wildlife and scenery, but they have minerals, diamonds. Most important mineral from an economic standpoint in Namibia is diamonds, a mineral which contributed two hundred thirty five billion billion of revenue to the Namibian government in 2013. Some sources have it that the annual production of diamonds in Namibia stands at about 1.92 million carats, which are equivalent to over $1.1 billion. So wherever the fuck the rest of that money went, we may never know. Somebody knows. The country is ranked as the eighth largest producer of gem diamonds in the world and among the largest in Africa. The country's diamond mining industry accounts for 2% of the world's total gem diamonds. Diamonds production. The mining is di- in diamonds is in the country is primarily undertaken by the Namdeb Diamond Corporation, which is Namibia's top diamond producer. I wonder who is the CEO of Namdeb Diamond Corporation. Dare I even look? Are they African? Namdeb the CEO? Hold on. Let's see if we can pull this up real quick. You know how we do on this show, ladies and gentlemen. dead CEO. Is it an African? Is it a Namibian? Is it? Oh. Rian Berger, chief executive officer. No, he is not African at all. He does not look African at all. What a letdown. What a disappointment. They got a couple Africans on there. The next tier of, of leadership, and then the further down you go, it it almost gets a little darker, but in the end of the day, it's not. What a disappointment. Minerals, copper is another one, vast copper deposits, uranium. Uranium is one of the most important foreign exchange earners in Namibia and among the country's top export items. The country is the continent's largest producer of uranium and ranks fourth globally behind Australia, Canada, and Kazakhstan. Okay, so that's what's in Namibia right now. France. France. This is from NPR, May 27th. Francis Mahoum admits some guilt for Rwanda's genocide. You hear that? France is admitting guilt for Rwanda's genocide. Now, the thing is, the RT was running this news report and explaining how the European countries are now apologizing for some of their acts in Africa because they're going to want a seat at the table because they, they, they've conducted harsh colonialism, a completely brutal human rights violations that have never been addressed at this point. But China is coming in and China is building infrastructure. You know, they, they're building infrastructure and they're giving something to these countries that the Europeans never did. And China, you know, China is a different type of colonist because they're coming in. They're doing these infrastructure projects, but ultimately these projects will be used for um, securing resources and, and ultimately will be shipped out on the highway, the New Silk Road, the Belt and Road Initiative, which is like the New Silk Road, which is like a highway that goes from Africa to fucking China, a highway of resources, yo. I don't know how many. I heard it's like 12, 30 lanes. It's some crazy shit. Many, many lanes. Okay. You can march an army from China to Africa and everything in between off the Belt and Road Initiative. Terrifying. China won the game of geopolitics. (laughs) I think they won it in the last five years or so. And, you know, American news media is not going to tell us that. But China won that shit. But that's neither here nor there right now. We ain't going to talk about China right now. But in light of this conversation, all you need to know is the Europeans are apologizing to Africa. This is the NPR article. In a, in a key speech on his visit to Rwanda, Kigili, Rwanda. In a key speech on his visit to Rwanda, French President Emmanuel Macron said he recognizes that France bears a heavy responsibility for the 1995 genocide in the Central African country. Look at that. Macron solemnly detailed how France had failed the 800,000 victims of the genocide, but he stopped short of an apology. Because why would he? France, quote, was not an accomplice, end quote, in the genocide, but ended up siding with Rwanda's genocidal regime and bore an overwhelming responsibility in the slide toward the massacres, the French leader said, speaking Thursday at the genocide memorial in the capital, Kigeli. Quote, France has a role, a history, and a political responsibility in Rwanda. It has a duty that of looking history in the face and recognizing the suffering that it inflicted on the Rwandan people by favoring silence over the examination of truth for too long, Macron said. And he just goes on and on, stroking his ego. Okay. Uh, President Kagame of Rwanda, he, he was feeling it a little bit. Um, you said Macron also said that he'd come with a hundred thousand coronavirus vaccines for Rwanda. Oh fuck yourself, Macron! You're just trying to kill motherfuckers out here. They're just trying to genocide. They're over at a genocide conference talking about. I'll give you a hundred thousand coronavirus vaccines. I wonder if it's the AstraZeneca or the Johnson and Johnson. So the, uh, the genocide of Rwanda, you know, if you've seen the movie Hotel Rwanda, I've never seen it, so I can't tell you what's in it. But I'm sure it doesn't give the true facts of what happened. There's lots of things that were going down. That led to that genocide, and I'm sure none of them are com- com- really covered in the movie. I found an article from 2003, though. This is from educateyourself.org. The title, the original title, is American Mind Control in Baghdad. The new title of this article is Operation Crimson Mist Electronic Slaughter in Rwanda. If you heard of Operation Crimson Mist, and you know where I'm going with this. This is from 2003 by Joe Viales. Viales. You can look this up. Operation Crimson Mist, folks. Check it out. Trust me. During the late afternoon of 6 April 1994, a hail of cannon shells tore through the fuselage of a commercial airliner flying overhead central Rwanda. Several seconds later, the blazing plane exploded on impact with the ground, killing President Habyarimana of Rwanda, President Ntariyamira of Burundi, and most of their senior government officials. In that fatal millisecond of time, the entire political command structure of Central Africa was decapitated, leaving the way open for the Operation Crimson Mist. The most obscene terminal mind control experiment ever mounted by the United States of America against a sovereign nation. That crimson mist has been used again recently on a smaller scale in Iraq. It's now beyond doubt. So this is, you know, again, this, this article was written during the, uh, the beginning of the Iraq war. And I guess they were seeing signs of the same type of technology being used back then. As Rimana and his colleagues made their death dive, a small group of American men and women lounged around in a large hut at the edge of a discreet gravel airstrip a few miles from the Rwandan capital, Kigali, temporary home for their three unmarked C-130 Hercules transport planes. All crew members carried forged credentials, showing them as atmospheric researchers employed by an authentic civilian American agency, But these were only for emergency identification if one of the aircraft was forced to make an unscheduled landing on unfriendly territory. For all practical security purposes, neither they nor their three large aircraft were even in Africa. Okay. When news of the presidential crash came in over the VHF radio, one of the Hercules planes was swiftly prepared for takeoff. The flight engineer checked the attachment of the RADO rocket assisted takeoff packs while the scientists made final adjustments to a large microwave dish mounted on the air on the rear loading ramp of the aircraft. It was this strange and esoteric piece of equipment alone that would directly contribute to the deaths of more than one million African civilians during the hundred days that followed. <laughs> Though completely silent in operation, the single, single microwave dish had more killing potential than a whole squadron of AC-130 Spectre gunships armed with 50 Gatling cannons. That's a lot. That's, that's, that's a lot. Willing to commit mass murder. Though officially tagged as an experiment, none of those present had any doubt that this was merely a cosmetic cover for the gruesome operational work ahead. Each member had been carefully vetted and then vetted again by U.S. intelligence to assure they had the right stuff and were philosophically committed to two objectives. I just want to pause there for a moment. The philosophically committed to two objectives. When we talk about, and this I don't think this is Gladio at all. But when we talk about the Operation Gladio soldiers, remember I told you that they are philosophically driven. They are right in line with whatever the driving philosophy is of the regime that's pulling off the false flag attacks. And this is essentially a false flag attack. You know, this might fall into the whole uh, Gladio universe now that I think about it. But I don't know. So I don't want to make that leap. But the people, but the Gladio soldiers are philosophically driven. So for them, it's okay to do a mass shooting or a bombing and blaming it on someone else because they know it'll achieve the end that they ultimately want to see. Period. Okay. Same thing this article is saying about these people. I thought that was pretty interesting. So. They were philosophically committed to two objectives. First was the evolving need to control or eliminate political dissent by remote means in the run up to the 21st century. And second was the need to stem or reverse massive population increases across the world, which threatened to overwhelm existing natural resources, especially water and food. Intrinsically, this required a willingness to commit mass murder, and everyone present had passed this critical test with flying colors. Well, goddamn, this does remind me of some Gladio shit. And see, so this makes me think these are the same type of people in the end of the day because... Come on, the the, the reverse the population. Okay, that's like the Bill Gates's, you know, those type of people, eugenicists who believe that the world is overpopulated. It's not overpopulated, it is just mismanaged. Okay, the the resources are being, uh, the, the earth is being raped of her resources, and the people are being mistreated and corralled by oppressive government regimes all over the world, U.S. included. And the the pollution, the level of pollution is, is largely being driven by, you know, these report from Iron Mountain. If y'all don't know the report from Iron Mountain, we ain't even going to go into depth about that. The, we did, I know we did an episode on the report from Iron Ma- Mountain, but you should really read the report. Go find the report online the report from Iron Mountain, read the report, then it'll give you an idea of what we're experiencing right now with this environmental crisis. Uh, We don't even have time to even touch on that tonight. Take my word on it. Go look at that because that lays out the, um, that lays out the agenda 21 and the agenda 2030 and how do we get there? Okay. So, Back to the article. As the Hercules' engines started with a roar, American agents in Kigali were working alongside local civil servants and members of the Rwandan Security Service, ramping up public suspicion about the foul play play in the presidential air crash. Urged on by corrupt officialdom, Hutu tribesmen started marching on Tutsi tribesmen and threw a few rocks at them. Innocent enough at the outset, although with a few nasty machete cuts here and there. But then the C-130 Hercules made a carefully calculated pass directly over the advancing Hutu. They suddenly went berserk. So before we even go further, it said that you had American agents in Kigali were working alongside local civil servants and members of the Rwandan Security Service, ramping up public suspicion about foul play in the presidential air crash. Now, again, I didn't see. Hotel Rwanda, but I had heard about the movie. I believe there was a scene where they said um, maybe one of the Hutus was on the radio talking shit, getting people riled up. Turns out this wasn't a Hutu at all, but this was a a Belgian from what I understand. You know, so even in the movie, they blamed it on a, a black man when it wasn't a black man at all. It was a European. It was a white man. And this guy was getting people riled up. And tell me, I'm telling you, I've I've heard this type of thing before. I know I mentioned it on the show. I was listening. Don't matter. Doesn't even matter. Back to the article. This is something that's done though. <clears throat> people, people faking like they're black on the radio for you know. Whatever purposes, just put it like that. I, I witnessed that in the in this country before in the U.S. But then the C-130 Hercules made a carefully calculated pass directly over the advancing Hutu, and they suddenly went berserk. Eyes glazed, the mood of the Hutu crowd went from simple anger to uncontrollable rage, and within minutes, hundreds of assorted Tutsi body parts were flying through the air. What the Hercules crew had just achieved has been an open secret since the late 50s, when researchers accidentally discovered that there was a precise control brainwave for literally everything we do, for everything we feel. The problem back then was that each of these control brainwaves, rage, fear, panic, lethargy, vomiting, and so on, had to be transmitted with an accuracy taken, out, taken to three decimal places or they simply did not work at all. But as the years rolled by and with the advent of transistors and microprocessors, the operational application of precise control brainwaves became practical reality. It is important to note that hear that the lethal trick repeated hundreds of times by the C-130 Hercules in Rwanda during April to July 1994 was not classic mind control in the ultimate conspiratorial meaning of the term, i.e. where people claim to hear complicated messages inside their heads or where it is feared that the NSA or similar intend to turn everyone into helpless zombies by implanting electronic chips in their arms or necks. The C 130 crew were actually engaged in was electromagnetically augmenting a pre existing state. Remember that the agents and security service personnel first had to point the Hutu tribesmen in the direction of the Tutsi, induce reasonable anger, and make sure they were appropriately armed. Only then could the C 130 go to work with the precise control brain wave of rage augmenting and thus upgrading crowd behavior from that of angry demonstrators to uncontrollable genocidal maniacs. Although not classic, this was and is unquestionably mind control for the simple reason that external means were being used to force an irresistible change in behavior. So this is something that now in, you know, 2021, a lot of us are well aware of, we're we're aware of, um, Electronic warfare, we're aware of targeted individuals, right? Targeted individuals, gang stalking. Um, they, they, they have the V two K Voice of God technology. This is something that's kind of you know terminology that's being thrown around right now that that we are well aware of. But back in two thousand three, this isn't something that people were really familiar with. It talks about extra low frequencies. This is a great article can look it up. You know, I'd come across a couple articles because now in the news, peep game, folks, in the news now, you have them talking about how the Russians and the Chinese have psychotronic weapons, all right? Just peep game and peep the propaganda because now this type of technology is coming to the forefront. It's coming into regular conversation, you know. Th- this is an article actually from 2007 from Pravda, Russia. Okay, and it says Russians have psychotronic weapon to zombie people, turn people into zombies. Major General of the Reserve of the Russian Federal Custodial Service Boris Ratnikov tells that Russia and other countries work on making special devices that turn humans into zombies. It was already 20 years ago that mass media first mentioned the strange word combination psychotronic weapon. All information about such weapons arrived from military men transferred to the reserve and from researchers that were not officially recognized by Russian Academy of Sciences. They usually told about some generators that can make people muddle-headed even when they were distanced at hundreds of kilometers. Such devices were said to be able to control people's behavior, seriously impair psyche, and even drive people to death. As soon as information on the kind was published, some people immediately claimed themselves as victims of impact of such psychotronic weapons. They stormed editorial offices of newspapers and magazines that reported about the psychotronic weapons and complained that some strange voices dictated orders to them. Journalists, in their turn, recommended such people visiting psychiatrists. So... You know, I'm not going to go into depth about this. Y'all have heard about this. this again, the voice of God technology, V2K technology. It's is saying that the Russians and the Soviets, excuse me, the Soviets, uh, the Russians have been working on this since the 1920s till the mid-1980s secret centers for investigation of psychic impact upon humans were working in large cities of the country under the KGB's patronage, all right? So this has been a regular study. Um, One thing to take away from this and understand is that as we move further and further into this new world, this type of technology is going to be directed at the general population. There might be a time where this technology, where, where the use of this technology is open and common, like You know, so many other things that have been secretive in the past, or things that were relegated to conspiracy theory in the past. I've definitely heard enough reports saying that this would one day become a part of regular society, this type of technology. It might be a deterrent to, you know, criminal behavior. There's a movie. The Last Days of American Crime. I haven't seen, I haven't finished the movie yet, but it's interesting because the whole premise of that movie is that there is basically a countdown until, it's like a crime deterrent system is initiated in the country, where if you're committing a crime oh, excuse me, this intense signal is emitted and completely paralyzes your thoughts. Like, I'm not even sure what it does. All I know is in this movie, you have people scrambling, trying to get to Canada or Mexico to get away from this signal. Because once, they say once it's initiated, it's like the crime deterrent system, there will be no more crime in the United States. Take that how you want, folks. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, you, you, we could be at the point where one day we just have, you know, voices being beamed to our heads, you know, every day. Like, I don't want to say imagine it, but. I mean, it could be, you know, from advertisements to public health and public safety messages being bounced into people's heads wherever they're at because they have the right frequency. You know, you're laying in your bed and did you get vaccinated today? The fuck? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Shit like that. Or amber alerts being bounced into your head, advertisements for shit being bounced into your head. Like I know it's fucking terrifying, but you know that's where my mind goes when I hear that they want to introduce this to the general population, or maybe it just be you know a little voice telling you, oh, don't think that, don't do that. You know, give people the impression that they're being watched and monitored all the time, even when they're not. It's like cameras, like. Listen, all the CC cameras, security cameras that you see all around, some of them don't even have cameras in them, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Believe me. Some of them don't have cameras in them. A lot of them do, especially now, more and more, but some of them don't. Some of them are just up there for the effect that they have, knowing that you're being watched. Bring that to another level. They're talking about implementing this V2K technology into the general population. You, to if thoughts are being bounced into your head, it's easy to think that someone is looking over you at all times when it might just be a voice being bounced into your head. I hope I'm wrong. I don't want people, you know, going to bed with these kind of nightmares thinking about this shit. But this is just something, you know, if we're going to be real about where we're at in 2021. Then it's something to consider. I was pulling up these 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 articles about robot weapons and shit like that. I'm not gonna go too much into that. Let me just check my time because I still got some shit to talk about. Again, if you're tuning in, you're listening to On the Wake Up Radio, Brother Cam Kazi the Cutlass tonight. Yeah, we got about Got a little more time left on this program this evening. I want to bring y'all to this. I, I saw this. Actually, this was sent to me from Brother John. And this shit is just typical of where we are at in 2021, okay? This shit. Hold on, where we at? I- I'm going to go to the New York Post article, okay? This is from May 22nd, 2021. Oh, Peace, Peace from Go. Okay, okay, Peace. I see you, Carlos. Okay, thanks for tuning in. This is um, <sighs> New York Post, May 22nd, 2021. Headline, Columbia Prep Students and Parents Real After Class on Porn Literacy. A, few, a couple months ago, we had a show called They're Coming for the Children, all right? Here it is. <sighs> Parents at the posh Columbia Grammar and Preparatory School are outraged. They were never told of a fourth R being added to the curriculum launch. In addition to the usual reading, writing, and arithmetic, the school this month launched lessons on porn without informing families or allowing them to opt out, parents fumed. When students at the $47,000 a year Manhattan School showed up for a health and sexuality workshop. Most thought it was just going to be about condoms or birth control, a student told the Post. Instead, it was something called pornography literacy. An intersectional focus on mainstream porn taught by Justine Ung-Font. Who is the director of health and wellness at another elite prep school? Dalton. That that uh, Justine Enfant is a troublous motherfucker right there. The often explicit slide presentation and lecture by Fonte to the 120 boys and girls included lessons on how porn takes care of three big male vulnerabilities. Statistics on the orgasm gap showing straight women have far fewer orgasms with their partners than gay men or women. And photos of partially nude women summon bondage to analyze what is porn and what is art. God damn, right? High school kids, 16 and 17-year-olds. I know, shit is repugnant. Fonte's presentation, some of which was seen by the Post, Included a list of the most searched pornographic terms of 2019, including cream pie, anal, gangbang, stepmom, and more. Really? Stepmom? One slide cited various porn genres such as incest-themed, consensual, or vanilla. What the fuck is vanilla? You know what? I don't even want to know barely legal and kink and bdsm which included waterboard electro torture porn as an example god damn it's like the most extreme examples of this debauchery like waterboard you know what happened to like you know some little handcuffs and shit you know not waterboard like now nah, i'm going to tie this bitch upside down and make her think she's drowning to get my rocks off quote we were all like what a female student said everyone everyone was texting each other what the hell is this it's so stupid everyone knows about porn the worst part of it was that it took place not long before the AP test and I had to miss both my AP classes for this so this is the type of debauchery that when we say Weimar America, this is the shit we're talking about, okay? Students, this student had to miss, what'd she say? She missed both of her AP classes so that she could learn about fucking BDSM, waterborne, waterboard porn, folks. Gotta get your children, you gotta get your children, you gotta get your children in these schools. Get, get them out of these schools. You got to grab hold of your kids. This, this, this stuff was presented to these children, and their parents had no clue that this was going to go down. One part of the porn presentation involved something called the marketability of OnlyFans. Jesus Christ. The hot new app used mostly for sex work. One slide included a photo of a pretty young woman who appeared to be promoting OnlyFans-type work. Quote, I identify as non-binary, end quote. She is quoted as saying, quote, but because that hasn't hit the general consciousness of the adult industry, I say girl because that's what people who want to buy my content will be looking for. Wait, back the fuck up. Um... Yeah. That happened. So they're trying to throw in the whole gender spectrum binary, oh, I'm non-binary. And I guess that's why it was acceptable to show this bullshit to the children. Huh. Yeah, that shit is wrong. The female Columbia Prep student said most of the kids aged 16 and 17 watched the lesson on Zoom from home, which is what alerted some parents to it. But some were at the school and made to assemble in the gym together to watch it on their laptops. That means there were freaking adults, educators, who were in this room and letting this shit fly. Tony Tone said this type of shit, heavy in Cali. You know, I hear about it. But I think, I mean, you know, when I was even looking it up, the shit that popped up was crazy. Uh, Let's see if I find another article. Quote, we were all shocked and mortified, the girl told the post. Quote, we were all like, why are they doing this? Why do they think, think? Think it's okay. See, even the children know this shit ain't okay. That's right. They're fucking pedos. In the end of the day, the people, yo, they are out here trying to sexualize children. They are trying to take away the innocence of these children. That you know, as a child, as a child, once you see, once you're exposed to something like this, you you lose, you lose a piece of yourself, you know. You you lose a piece of your innocence especially when, you know, there's just things that children don't know necessarily. Like when I was a child, I I didn't even know that there was an actual hole on women. Like I didn't know how sex happened. You know what I mean? Honestly, until I saw a pornography for my first time. He I mean, never saw that shit in Skinamax. He didn't really know what happened as a child. I didn't know what happened. when I saw my first porn, then I was like, oh shit, man, there's a hole. There's a whole thing that goes on there, you know. But again, you lose a piece of your innocence when you when you're exposed to that as a child, and to, for this to happen in the schools, going back to Sergeant Major Dan Page, because in in his talk when when he was speaking to the Oath Keepers, if you could get your hands on that. Watch it, Doctor. Uh, it's not Doctor. Sergeant Major Dan Page speaks to the Oath Keepers. He has a, a. It's like a warning for America. That's part of how I knew this 2020 shit was coming too, because of because of that uh that talk that he gave. But he said things that we have to watch out for is when they start sending the children off to education centers. And I, you know, I was. Very alert, saying, Okay, what's it gonna be? Because he said, You know, what they did in in like Nazi Germany and other places, they would send kids off for a few weeks, then they would come back, and the kids would spend more and more time away from home and come back different until the point where they were basically living over there at these camps, you know, being educated and indoctrinated. When they came home, they were becoming snitches and ratting on their parents for doing stuff that's outside the party line. Well, we're seeing a different version of that in the United States, I believe, because they already have the security in the schools when the, when the, when the children are in the schools. Let's say there's a mass shooting anywhere within, you know, a 100 mile radius. They're going to lock down those schools and the parents cannot access their children in those schools. They cannot access them. They will be held to pay if they try to access their children. And so I think what we're seeing now, even with all this uh, with, with this, you know, this pedo porno shit that they're peddling to the children at this point where the parents really have no idea what's going on in the schools, and they're giving less and less access. And now with coronavirus, they're going to be granted even less access. And we need to, I'm telling you, we need to watch out for that. Parents need to be homeschooling their children. They're, they are allowing children to consent to be vaccinated without the parents' consent, Okay. They, they're allowing children, they, they're just giving children too many liberties to do things that will completely jeopardize their bodies and well-being. Um, the children can begin to undergo transgender transformation, I don't know what the fuck they call it, transition, without the parent's consent, okay? A child can begin this process, and if the parent tries to deny their child this they can uh they can be um you know have their child taken for child endangerment ultimately. Uh you know, they cause some form of neglect. I told, I used to work as a foster care caseworker, so I know all the things that they can do to to say that someone is neglecting their child. It's a whole bunch of bullshit. Um Going on with the article, quote, we were supposed to answer questions about the porn stuff in the Zoom chat, but we were all side chatting in group chats, and tons of kids thought it was so dumb that they sent the link to their friends all over the city, and they were logging in with the password, end quote. So, children all over the city were exposed to this. Ugh, no pun intended. Yeah, thank you, Tony Tone said, that's why there's a disconnect between parents and children. The state is the true parent. Yeah. And it's it's going to be, again, you know, I know folks who have been homeschooling now for the last decade. And there's homeschooling associations. Like, get with one of them. Figure out how to get your children out of these gulag, schools because they're forcing them to put these chemicals into their body. We don't know what they're teaching them. You see that they, they took this child out of her AP classes when AP exams are coming up. They took her out of these AP classes to go teach her about pornography. Like, how is this enriching to the future of the children? Okay? It's not. It's debauching the children. It's debauching their minds. It's corrupting their minds. And it really has no practical use in society. None whatsoever. Ugh. It's fucking disgusting. Um. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Someone said it. Look. So the girl spoke to the post with her mother. Both spoke on the condition of anonymity. Quote, no one wants to be canceled or lose their livelihood, and that can be done in an instant. End quote, the mother said. See, the fucking cancel. Quote, people, the parents are scared of being canceled. So what, you don't want to say anything to protect your child? (sighs) Cowardice. Quote, most parents feel the same way I do about not going public, but at the same time, we're incredibly frustrated by what's going on. None of the parents knew this was planned. We were completely left in the dark. It makes us wonder what else the school is up to, end quote. And see, this is the thing. Parents. Okay, The way society is set up right now, it's that. Children spend more time with strangers than they do with the parents. By the time parents and children come home from school, children are tired, and then they have more homework to do, so they they don't get to spend quality time with the parents. And then the parents are tired because they have to go back and work the next day. What if the parent has two jobs? They don't have time to babysit their child. All they can do is hope that their child is doing what they're supposed to do with school. Meanwhile, at school, you have these fucking pedophiles who are introducing all kind of sexual content to the children. And this is high school. This shit is going... Look. Another parent of a middle schooler at the pre-K through 12th grade school said, it's outrageous that the school is introducing pornography into a mainstream classroom and starting to indoctrinate the kids. The goal of this is to disrupt families. Exactly. So many people... Again, have expressed that this is part of the ultimate objective is to disrupt the family, especially in America, because once you disrupt the family, listen. It's it's the mothers, you know, it, you got to get to the women, the men. You have to take out the alpha men. You know, make it make it criminal to be masculine. Um, I don't even necessarily like using that word Alpha. But you know the men who will fight back, the men who will fight for the families who will protect their families, the men who will protect their women, you know the the men who who won't be prancing around in dresses and skirts, it's okay you know to be one of those type of men. It's okay, fellas, you know, and because he's the type of men that ultimately are going to protect women, children, and elders get the woman out of the house right and it, it, and when I say out of the house I mean that the the, the the woman is the first teacher of the child okay that's that's the child's first teacher that's God to the child basically women you know okay in a country like Libya, I think they would get like five years maternity leave. They would get $50,000 for giving birth to a child. Okay. Fathers were able to get paternity leave. And that gave the parents time and the resources that they needed to raise this child. You know, the first seven, 10 years of a child's life are some of the most important years as far as development and how they relate to people, how they relate to their family, the connection that they have with their family members. And, you know, what? what is it? Whoever said the quote, give me a child before the age of seven and I'll show you the man or something like that. You know, that quote has been used so many times, but it, it's so true. And so now if you look at, like, in the city, in New York City, I don't know if it's like it's all over the country, the universal pre-K where, you know, they want your children in there at two and three years old. What what are they teaching these children at three years old? Why is it that we don't have a society where a mother can can cultivate that relationship with her two and three-year-old child? Why does that child have to go into a, a daycare or pre-K setting? They're going to pump that child full of uh, fucking chemicals and then send them into a, a classroom with strangers. Old news. We heard the MMR, MMR vaccine. Dr. William Thompson told us that the MMR vaccine, if a black child, black children, especially a black boy, receives the MMR before the age of thirty-six months, he is almost three hundred percent more likely to have autistic characteristics or neurological neurological uh, neurological handicap, let's say, after receiving that before the age of 36 months. 36 months, that's three years, it's universal pre-K age. You want your child to go into universal pre-K. More likely than not, they want that child vaccinated. Do the math, people. It's fucking genocide. And so, you know, I I don't need to read any more of that article. You all get the gist of it. Something we talk about on this program often is Weimar America. Weimar America. What's the Weimar Republic? Weimar Republican Germany was pre-Nazi Germany. And so I did I did a search and I said, what what books were burned from Weimar Germany? Because we always hear about Hitler's book burnings. We don't necessarily hear about all the books we burn, we just think that they were just burning Jewish books. That's not necessarily the case. Yeah, to a certain extent, but It's a little deeper than that. This is just from Wikipedia. The Nazi book burnings were a campaign conducted by the German Student Union to ceremonially burn books in Nazi Germany and Austria in the 1930s. The books targeted for burning were those viewed as being subversive or as representing ideologies opposed to Nazism. These included books written by Jewish, communist, socialist, anarchist, liberal, pacifist, religious, and sexologists, authors, among others. The first books burned were those of Karl Marx and Karl Katusky. Listen, Karl Marx just happened to be Jewish. Communists, um, I think 90% of Russia's communists were Jews. Okay, socialists, Jews, anarchists, a lot of Jews liberal you already know pacifist maybe but the sexologist also we're gonna call them Khazarian nomads now this isn't to bash Jews it's just to put it in the proper historical perspective because you know they were besides huddling around the coin okay. Being heavily involved with the money and the deflation of the uh, German, cu- the, the inflation, the hyperinflation of the uh, German currency during the times of Weimar. This is post-World War II. Okay. So when they try to say that, and so, you know, when they try to say that Hitler was out to get the Jews, you have to put it the proper context, Okay. Because it was more than just a religious thing. It was more about uh, a piece of the society who was debauching the society. We talk about the Weimar Republic often on this show. And and it seems like in popular culture, it's kind of being romanticized. But it is fucking. it was a disgusting place. It was a disgusting place. And, you know... From the again, you know the making prostitution basically legalizing prostitution or making it trendy, you know the way that we see it now, even in this uh society, and so you know I, I looked a little bit into it um because the sexologist I was like, what is a sexologist so I looked at what a sexologist is. There's a a certain gentleman and we mentioned him on this on this program before Magnus Hirschfeld, Magnus Hirschfeld. He had the Institute für Sex- Sexualwissenschaft. The Institute für Sexualwissenschaft. Yeah, it was an early private sexology research institute in Germany from 1919 to 1933. The name is variously translated as Institute of Sex Research, Institute of Sexology, Institute for Sexology, or Institute for the Science of Sexuality. <clears throat> Listen, uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing to you, but Magnus Hirschfeld and his collaborator, Arthur Kronfeld, a once famous psychotherapist and later professor as the charite. As well as being a research library and housing a large archive, the institute also included medical, psychological, and ethnological divisions, and a marriage and sex counseling office. Listen, they had the doctrine of sexual intermediacy, transsexualism, treatment for homosexuality in the Nazi era. I went and, you know, I looked up Magnus Hirschfeld. Again, we talked about him before. I'm pretty sure he was a homosexual and all this other stuff. But someone that he worked with, Harry Benjamin. Harry Benjamin was basically the father of American transsexualism. Okay? Straight out of Weimar, Germany. He died in 1986 in the U.S.A. He had to flee Germany because you know, he was a Khazarian nomad. Um, and he came to the United States and brought that same type of philosophy over here. Yeah, the Nazis had advanced technology. The Nazis, they they were, um, so, you know, just to put it into perspective, what was going on in Weimar, Germany, I, I believe is very similar to what we see going on now in the United States where, you have, you have um, the the fabric of the society is being torn apart intentionally, and it's crippling the minds of the people. And unless something drastic happens, then we are. What's going to happen to us? It, it, it didn't happen in in Germany because you had the Nazi era and you know Hitler came in and he saved the economy But the first one of the first things he did was he kicked the, the money the basically the, the, the central bankers he kicked them out of their position of power because they were hyperinflating the currency. So basically, he had to bring back the German mark, make it strong again. Okay, the people who were who were um, hyperinflating it just happened to be Khazarian nomads, and so. But you know, it it didn't start with the killing at first. He wasn't killing them at first. He just said, "Y'all can't be around the money anymore." Period. Kicked them out of there, you know. But he didn't kick them out of the country, or anything like that. They had their book burnings because it's the type of thing that was degrading society. Like like the type of content that was being introduced to the children, the high school children I was just telling you about, that's the type of shit that would have been burnt in Nazi Germany, okay? And I think stuff like that would have been burnt for the better, too, because there's no, there is no justifiable reason to educate children on pornography, bondage, you know, shit like that. That shit is unacceptable when it it comes to uh, high school children. That shouldn't be anywhere in the curriculum. And parents should be informed about that type of thing and given the option to pull their children out of those lessons if they see fit, because that's unacceptable. They're children, you know what I'm saying? They need to maintain their innocence. We should be, fo- those children should be focusing on education, the higher sciences, you know. Every school should be a STEM school that's uh, science, technology, educate, uh, uh, engineering, and math. Why not? You know, um, in other countries, what we call calculus, they call math. It's just math, you know. Um, that, that's how the children should be educated. We should be taught skills and trades. We should be taught things that could help, that would uh, help to build up the infrastructure of this country. I mean, if it was about getting jobs, like you could have some really good, really dope jobs where people get paid good money to build build up the infrastructure of this country. And then, you know, have time for their family. I'm telling you, like, yo, we could turn around this country and. I'm not necessarily for saving this country just for the sake of saving it, but I live here. You know what I mean? So, And it doesn't look like I'm getting out of here anytime soon. But I see that our government is completely and utterly corrupt, and they are trying to corrupt our children. And from the music, music videos, The news is just hitting us with propaganda because they're legally allowed to do it now. It's completely fucked up. And we can make the changes, but you have to get certain factors out of the way. Like they'd be completely purged from the financial system. Told you, I've been reading Andre Eglachon, Thieves in the Temple. You know, Thieves in the Temple, he's been talking about it. Like they need to be completely purged from the financial system, they need to be com- completely purged from intelligence. You know, um, stoking the fires of war, these international con- conflicts, um, uh, taking out world leaders. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit that that doesn't represent me. God damn it! I don't give a fuck. That doesn't represent me. I don't stand by that. But. All this stuff is being done uh, um, on behalf of the American people. And so our military and our foreign politicians are our representatives to the world, whether we like it or not. That's a problem. That's a big problem. And I'm telling you, like, we're lucky that we're in a place where we can have these conversations now and it may not, we may not be able to turn it around. But whatever's being created is not gonna last for long. That's the one thing with evil. And if you see it over the years, I mean, besides, you know, you see kind of what the condition of, of black people in Africa and in the Americas since slavery. You know, that's a good 400 plus years, 500 years of bullshit. You know, you see the Arab slave trade. It's 1,400 years, give or take. 1,500 years. They've been at, so you can see how Wickedness can last for a thousand years, you know? So it's not to say that it just goes away that easily, but every generation you have people who fight and people fight their own way, you know? If you're an intellectual, be intellectual about your fight. If you are a warrior, Be a warrior about it. Be an intelligent warrior, too, you know? A protest is not a battle. A protest is an orchestrated event that tends to draw out. It can draw out warriors. You don't want to be in a protest. Ain't nothing out there for you in a protest. You know, you're you're going toe to toe with cops and shit like that. Like, for what? Those are people just like you. You know, I've been seeing protests, especially in the last year, where they march from Union Square in Manhattan, march over the Manhattan Bridge, and come down to to Barclays Center like, It's at the point where the police know the exact route that will be taken for the protest. That is not a war. That is not even a battle. That is a slaughter. That is a fucking slaughter. All that's doing it in a huge photo op. All that's doing is giving the powers that be plenty of time to photograph and video everybody and catalog them. Okay. That's not how you fight a war. When you're fighting a war, from the art of war, it tells us that you set the place and time of battle. If you're not doing that, you're not fighting. You're already lost. You're not setting the the time and the place of battle. Oh, yeah. See, Tony, Tony, you already know. That's art of war all day. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Art of war. Y'all should be reading art of war at least a few times a year because you're going to learn something you're going to learn something different every time. You're going to absorb something different every time. See how Tony Tone knew exactly what I was talking about, right? You decide the time and the place of battle. Um, in, in battle, there's so many different ways to do it. Psychological war. Um, as the little people, we have the distinct advantage of being able to engage in psychological warfare, if you know how to use it and know how to do it. It doesn't take much. You know, even now, even now you could say this is a, a form of psychological warfare against the powers that be because they know that their reign is going to end very soon. They know that the people are waking up. They know that they can't take out enough people in this world to stop us. You know, he said, you must get legislation passed, silent wars can get legislation passed if we have enough righteous politicians you know if we have enough righteous politicians um but everybody everybody has a role to play everybody has a role to play And part of what we can do is use psychological warfare against the powers that be, believe it or not. And it is, trust me, it is what's going on to a certain extent. Now it needs to be ramped up, and that's okay. Because none of us... If you're listening to this broadcast and you're not comfortable with what's going on right now, and you see what's wrong, we are living in a we are living in a completely different reality than a lot of people out there. We are living in a different universe. We are living in a different reality bubble, and that's okay. That's okay because the reality we live in still abides by rules yeah yeah they're trying to kill people with this vaccine uh, um no turning back said as a whole though we talking about listen everybody's not going to be able to to come along on this part of the journey you know there's some things when, when your spirit is being called to do something, you have to follow it. And it's okay, it, it's okay if everybody doesn't come along in the beginning or even in the middle. But again, going back to the art of war, you don't fight a war or a battle that you can't win. You don't, you don't, you don't fight, you don't fight a battle that you can't win. Listen, yeah, okay, so, yeah, it has to be organized warfare, but what is organized warfare? You have to read the art of war and, and study some tactics, you know? Then, then you'll, you'll kind of understand more what I'm talking about right now, because, listen, there's certain assessments, assessments that you have to do in order to know if you're gonna win in the first place. You know, and that has to do with the leadership. How first off, how many numbers do you actually have in this so-called army? Do you have an army? How many, how many soldiers do you have in this army? What are the capabilities? What is the level of discipline? What is the terrain? How, can, how many resources can you mount? Um, What is the leadership like of the other side? What is their discipline like? Okay. Um, And then you start to do this assessment and you see very quickly where you're at, where we're at, and where they're at. And so you have to see where you can take advantages in times of excess is when you attack. In times of deficiency, is when you defend. So are you on the offense, or are you on the defense? Can you be on the offense, or are you forced to be on the defense? If you're forced to be on the defense, how much do you have to defend yourself? What does defense look like? You know? There's a thing in the art of war, it's called formlessness, you know? And you can only have true formlessness, organized formlessness, if your army is that tight. You understand? To the point where the enemy's looking at you and you can't even tell that you're an army. That's form and formlessness, right? The mind has to be right, thank you. The mind has to be right. That's right. That's right. And so the the mind of each individual, each one of your comrades has to be right. That's right. Spirit has to be right for this war. That's right. Because if your spirit's not right, your mind won't be right. If your mind's not right, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier on, where you know, fear clouds judgment. You know, anxiety clouds judgment. Um, hunger clouds judgment. You know, if you don't know how to be hungry, then when it really matters, that's when someone can get caught off guard. You know, so these are some things to think about. I know we we did an Art of War episode. You might want to look at that. I'm not sure which one. It might have just been called the Art of War, honestly. I don't know, but it was a few weeks ago. It might have been a couple months ago, actually. But these are just things to think about for people. We have a lot of work to do. You know, I know our our Christian brothers and sisters might say just Pray. Maybe, but maybe that's their job. And then, what are they praying for? That's the other thing. When people, when you have masses of people focusing their minds on any given outcome, it's more likely to occur. So, we may be praying for freedom, liberty, peace, you may have a group of people who are praying for Jesus to come back. That's a whole different thing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I just can't wait. I just want to see. Oh, just, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back. That's great, you know, but, you know, according to the book, it's not going to be a pretty day when he comes back. <laughs> It's not going to be peace on earth. It will be a great gnashing of teeth and all that shit that it talks about. Okay. So, you know, we have to be mindful of how we're focusing our intention and our attention. And like, like y'all are saying, we have to get our minds right. Every individual, everybody has a role to play. Everybody has a role to play. Yeah, I don't believe in none of those religions. I don't believe none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, If he was going to come, he should have come a long time ago, in my opinion. Because there there were far better people than us who suffered way worse than we're suffering today. There are people suffering every day. There are children who are dying every day. And it's because... Largely because their parents think somebody's gonna come down from the clouds and save them and that ain't gonna happen If it happens, hey shit, I'll I'll gladly be wrong But I'm not about to sit here and tell people that a motherfucker is gonna come from the clouds and save them from the clouds and save them, okay? From the clouds the same clouds that give us rain (laughs) Okay I'm not gonna be the one to tell tell anybody that. So you know, like y'all are saying, it's important to get our minds right for this for this next part of this battle and just be prepared. And you know find a place, find a place where you can be safe. You gotta find a place that's best for you. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if people start to gravitate towards certain areas just for safety, you know, Find your tribe. Find where you can be, where it's safe, away from this. Hunker down and prepare for war. We're already in the midst of this war right now, and they want us separated. That's why, that's part of the reason why they have the social distancing and, you know, the whole pandemic shit. It's to to keep people away from each other. They don't want us embracing. They don't want us hugging each other, loving each other. They don't want us communicating about taking their asses down. Okay. They want us caught up like yo, we went the last almost year and a half now where we we the the amount of physical contact, like this has probably been the least amount of physical contact that humans have had in the history of the earth. Just think about that. Since humans have been around This is probably the least amount of physical contact we have had in millions, hundreds of millions of years as humans. Okay? It's just something to think about. We are in the midst of probably the grandest psyop that the human race has experienced. Okay? So this is no small thing, and this is no small time. You know, this is a major time one thing and i might leave y'all with this one thing i'm realizing i'm i'm meeting a lot more light workers and light warriors and if you're listening to this broadcast and you feel inside that you're a light warrior you know that you're a light warrior it's time to put on that armor you know put on that spiritual armor i've been i've been Coming across a lot of light workers who do not realize that they're light workers, and it blows my mind every time. You know, in, in the work that I do, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to keep to to have these people come across my path, and all I need to do is just just remind them that yeah, you're a light worker, you know. And so I'm encouraging. Anyone who's listening to this, when you see it, because y'all are light workers for sure. You're talking about your your daughter's a light worker. You're a light worker. You understand? Anybody who's listening to this right now is a light worker. You gotta go let other people know. You know what I'm saying? Let them know that that. Let them know about their light, and you'll know them when you come across them. If they're not awake, you got to wake them up. You don't have to hit them in the head with all the shit that we talk about, but you have to let them know that they are light workers. Let them know, like, yo, it's time to wake up. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that's where we're at right now, okay? It's 2021. If you are still here, yo, they are, trust me when I tell you, they are snuffing out light workers right now. They're trying to keep us from reproducing with each other right now. Okay, this fucking spike protein that the people that who have been vaccinated and who are uh, transmitting because it's not really shedding. They're transmitting this spike protein and it is now affecting people's uh, reproduction. Okay, They're trying to I'm telling you, they're trying to take us out. They don't want us reproducing right now. They don't want us reproducing. They don't want us. (laughs) Yo. Oh my goodness. I'm going to spit the last verse of one of my joints after this, yo. (laughs) Abort the babies to thwart the birth of the Messiah. Why you think they used to throw babies in the fire? I'm telling you. They do not want the, the children that are coming down right now, and I, I'm sure a lot of y'all can bear witness, the children that are coming down right now are so alert and so ready. and All we have to do is just nurture them and create the environments, create the environments for them to do what they got to do, okay? They're little warriors. They came here for a mission. All of y'all came here for All of us came here for a mission. And when I say all of us, I mean all of us who are listening to this transmission, came here for a mission in this time, okay? And we got to wake up those who may be asleep. And I don't know where to go from there, you know? Wake people up. At the very least, just wake people up. Have these conversations and do it in a way where you are not jeopardizing yourself because that's what time it is right now also, You know, and luckily we have our first eye, our first eye where we can discern, you know, who's on our team and who's not. We can discern more than ever. I believe who is on our team and who is not. It's not hard to tell. Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's your question? It, it, it's easier now, folks. It's easier now. Use your first eye. Use your vibration. You know, you you can tell. You can tell who's who's on our side. Okay, you gonna come in? Okay, hold on. I'll bring you in. Hey. Peace, peace. So,
1: I love how. Um, positive you come across like so motivating because I was talking to my cousin who's a doctor uh, today Mm -hmm. and my family in the United States are so brainwashed and just people all around me when I'm (coughs) on Instagram and I'm you know my feed is full of people that are like-minded I think okay you know there's a lot of us but then I go outside and I feel like we're overpowered you know, and part of me just—I guess my question to you is: You really think that uh, there's a lot of us compared to them, as far as the brainwashed and the elite? And-
0: I think, I think whatever we have is stronger than that. I, I don't even want to say there's a lot, lot more of us because I, I don't know, but I'll put it like this. I told you, like I started to wake up around the early 2000, like the year 2000 around is when I really started to wake up. And I'm telling you, when I woke up, I thought I was alone out here. And then I started meeting more and more people like you over the years. And this is 20 years later, and I've just seen the evolution of thought in itself. I've seen, you know, a lot of things that I didn't think I would see come to pass, and just the awareness I'm seeing among people right now. It makes me think, like, I know that, okay, we're we're probably going to win this. You know, we're going to go through some bumpy times, but I think we're going to win this. So it doesn't matter if there's more of us or less of us. (laughs) That's the way I feel about it.
1: Okay. Well, I appreciate your encouragement because sometimes I just feel defeated.
0: Yeah, no. Don't feel defeated. Nah, nah, nah. Fuck that shit. Nah, we're, we're going to win this win. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, and that's why I say, like, when you come across your fellow light workers, if they do not know, just wake them up. Just give them a nudge in the right direction. You know, you you want to give them uh, food for the soul. You know, you want to feed their yeah. spirit.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to speak out about their um, hesitance. You know what I mean? And when I go out of my way to bring it out, the reception isn't as standoffish for some as I would expect. You know, like uh, I, I messaged someone, my son's um, friend's mother, mm. um, her son got her first jab. And mm. after I read about, you know, um, the heart uh, um, infection, inflammation, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that uh, pfizer and moderna vaccines were causing um and especially in boys and teenagers i kind of you know i'm like part of me sometimes doesn't want to say anything and then another part of me is like i should you know so i did and the person responded saying i appreciate that Mm. so okay 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 you know uh my friend she got the vaccine and i i was like she knows how i feel about it and when I brought it up
0: again, she's like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have taken it. I knew I should have listened to my wow. So there are people who are on the fence.
1: Yeah. Mm. There are people who are on the fence, and it's like, oh, imagine all the times that we decided not to say anything, because like, a lot of the times, I'm like, you know what? What's the point? They're, I'm just going to do me. They're going to do them. But then this, the times that I do say something, it makes you realize, no, I should, every time I should say something. You know what I mean? Because you never know who
0: Who's going to be affected in a positive way? You know. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. That's a good point because yeah, I've been struggling with that too because I just I'm at a point in life where I just want to kind of shut up. You know, like I'll talk to y'all, but for the most part, like I'm not trying to have these conversations out there. I'm not trying to put my put a bullseye on my back. But you're right. It's like when you know better. You gotta say something, and that's not—it's yeah. not so easy to do that because you—you you don't exactly. want to be preaching on people, but like you said, like there yeah. could be some fence riders who just need you to be like, nah, nah, come back here, like get off that fence, <laughs> <laughs> come over here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that—I yeah, exactly. think that's really important. What you said right there, damn. Because you know,
1: also, you know, I was—I came across these. Um, Social experiments where you know mm-hmm. the majority of people will do something, and then this person will come in not knowing what's going on, but just do what they're doing because, well, they're doing it. Yeah, so there was this one experiment where back in like the 50s or something, so. Everyone, the people that were part of the social experiment, they go into the elevator and they're facing the wall. And this un unexpected bystander comes in and he goes into the elevator. Usually you turn and face the door, right? But no one's facing the door. So he's just like anyways, eventually, you know, they we see him confused, the door's closed, then the door is open, and he's facing the wall with everybody else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, but why because you know yes. I mean? like, right because people because like people want to be they they want to be it with the group they don't want to stand, out. They don't stand yeah. out yeah and it's like in another one where the,
1: the so this teacher or whatever would say which line is the longest on this graph yes so the athletes would all choose the wrong line and the first time he was like no that's not it And the second example they all chose the wrong line and it just it just took the second example for everyone to consistently choose the wrong answer mm-hmm. and he, by the second answer he was like he answered with everybody else even though he knew you know yeah it blows my mind i just yeah what's so what, what's so hard and that's you know for me i've never really had a problem being that stand who's like Leave one thing that most people don't, that's never been an issue for me, but so it's hard for me to put myself in other people's shoes that they feel they have to conform just they don't stand
0: out and Mm -hmm. stupid, right? Right, I don't know. Um, let me let me ask you, you're you're in Canada, right? Yeah, How, how what's going on over there with the what if you could just give us real briefly what's the climate like over there as far as you know. Because over here, we hear about the quarantine centers and the Royal mounted Police coming and knocking down people's doors and shit and, and dragging people out, or maybe not knocking down, but politely knocking on their doors and telling them to bring your ass outside so we can vaccinate you. Like, what? what's up with that? How real is that out there?
1: As far as uh, that, I, I haven't heard of that. That's I haven't heard of anything like that, but what we do have is when you want to travel travel outside of canada and then when you're ready to make your way back you cannot quarantine in your own home you uh, have to quarantine in a hotel designated by the government or a facility designated by the government and the prices are i can not say triple so what you would usually pay for a 150 200 hotel you're paying uh, two thousand dollars it's like a it's like a fee that they charge you or almost a fine I, practically call it a fine uh, to discourage travel, but you and it's very high security at the airports to make sure that you go straight to the to the um, to the hotel. There's there was reports of people not getting fed properly because you can't come out of your room, so it's like a jail cell. Right. And the people that work at the hotel are the ones who are supposed to give you your three meals a day. People were complaining of going 24 hours without any food, or maybe it was 12 hours. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact, but you know, the whole day, no food, no water. Uh, to the point where everyone was coming down to the lobby complaining, and it was just a mess. Just a mess, and some people were had the, uh, you know, signs in the window, kind of saying SOS, like you know, because they had Rebel News out there documenting right. everything, reporting right. on it. And there were some protesters in front of the hotel saying, "You guys don't have to stay. It's against your charter rights. You know, don't feel like you're forced to stay in this in this condition." So some people, you know, had enough. Courage to be able to just say, I'm going home. And they were fine. Uh, we, in Quebec, we had a curfew that just was lifted. Right. Just recently, and everybody was celebrating yesterday, honking their horns. They're all happy because now the curfew's lifted. <laughs>
0: wow. So, <laughs> okay. wait, wait. In the quarantine centers or whatever, the hotels, were, did, were there armed guards?
1: No, not to that extent.
0: No. Wait, so... I mean,
1: basically the, uh, Cops would use intimidation. They would use intimidation to make people stop stop them from leaving their hotel rooms. What? And most people, it doesn't take much intimidation for them to not leave their hotel rooms. But some people were like, I'm going. So the cops would
0: find them. And I think they left if they had to. But there was a lot of intimidation. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Because that just illustrates what you're talking about, too, where, you know, all it takes is a little intimidation, a little bit of fear. To get people to 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 stay in line, they're not using force. Because yeah. in my mind, c- from a, coming from an American, from a, excuse me, a, a United States perspective, I'm thinking they have armed guards, maybe military, maybe you know somebody to kick your ass if you come down, like you come downstairs, they're gonna rough you up and throw you in the back of a paddy wagon or something um, like that. I
1: mean, honestly, I mean, who's to say at some point it's not going to, it to come to that? I mean, I saw a video of it wasn't from Canada. But it was a video of these um, train, train, what, what's, the, what's it called? Not cartridge, why am I losing my words?
0: Cattle cars. Well, just regular
1: trains, but they had, uh, it was like uh, containers, but oh. it was, there was windows in it, like little windows. They showed a clip of, um, in that China, where people's heads were just stuck out of the, out of the, the little hole, in the, and then they had the same ones in Alabama,
0: Whoa, was tens of them. There was like tens of them all lined up in the train cars. Like they were all
1: lined up and it looked exactly like the same ones they saw in China with people in their like cattle herd.
0: Wow, can you send me that video if you find it?
1: Yeah, I think I saved it. Yeah, for sure. I'll yeah, yeah, I'll send it
0: to you. Yeah, please shoot that my way because I'm definitely going to put that up. Um. Wow. Yeah, A- anything else you want to? You know, The thing is, it's like.
1: We get so caught up looking at the details, which is good, too. But we overlook the big picture. You know, I think a lot of the times we forget the big picture that they have. And the big picture is that they, you know, it's, it's not even the vaccines, all this stuff is for a bigger cause, obviously. You know, right. control, all that stuff. But they do it in a way, as long as we get this, we're distracted enough with our jobs, our routines, our family, TV shows. You know, Instagram, social media, entertainment. We don't realize what's happening before our eyes. Like we do, but at the same time, we don't. Because, like, I knew about something. You know, martial law, all this kind of totalitarian. You know, environment that we're dealing with now. I knew about this ten, like ten years ago. But something made me stick my head in the sand and go about my way, my day. And when a year or two went by and nothing was happening, I kind of just forgot about it a little bit. And I needed a break, too, because it's a lot, you know, to be talking and thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And then before I know it, boom, COVID. Shut down the whole world. Boom. It's like, oh. And now it's like, you know when you, you're on a roller coaster and you're, you're going up the hill and it's slow, but as soon as you hit that peak, it's... Yeah. <laughs> that's where we're at now. We, we Damn. And we're flying. <laughs> Are we ready? Are we prepared? Like... Yeah. You know, it's, and then I'm not, so I'm not prepared, but it, I feel like these type of conversations need to happen often. I feel like connections need to be made. We need to be organized. We need to come together and have regular meetings. We need, it's like church. Every Sunday you go to church to get filled up again. You know, we need to stay on that and encourage each other because me tuning in to this kind of encouraged me to kind of, you know, keep on, keep on keeping on, you know, and stay woke and stay passionate and stay hopeful.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. That's what we need right yeah. now, because even that creating that vibration. And I don't know, man, I, I think maybe I need to um start because you, you you all, all of y'all are kind of inspiring me right now too. like to, to bring more energy work into, you know, these broadcasts. Even if it's not on there, just bring it more to my page and more to what I'm doing, because I do a lot of energy work, but I don't I don't talk about a lot of that work. It's, it's, not, it's not for any real reason, though. It's just that, you know, I don't. It's just kind of just a part of what I do. But because it, it's about creating a certain vibration. If we create that individual vibration, then it's harder to break the collective vibration, if that makes sense. And so, you know, if you have now one person vibrating this way, that's great. If you have five people now, you know what I'm saying? But now what happens when you have 10 people? You know what I mean? It's more difficult to break that vibration. And that's why I say the numbers don't matter as much, because those 10 people can now influence 10,000 people just by their pure vibration, you know, and that's 10,000 people in a day. You can influence positively influence 10,000 different people every day, potentially. Just by carrying the right vibration throughout your day, you know. I think there has
1: to be a lot of social networking or just networking.
0: Mhm. It's it's some networking. It's, it's some networking, and it's also just creating that vibration within yourself. It's a vibrational thing where you can you can you can positively influence somebody without ever sharing words with that person. You know what I'm saying? When you're aligned right. That's how powerful this is, what we're dealing with. And so we need to think about this battle on multiple dimensions, you know? Yes, on the organizational level, but then on the vibrational level, as far as our alignment within ourselves. Does that make sense?
1: It does, yeah. Yeah. You also need someone There needs, you know, that people like you and just people who can help kind of help people do that. You know
0: what I mean? mm mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I do. So um, not everyone knows how to do that, so. Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll do more of that. I'll do more of that because that's part of my work. And, you know, there's easy things, easy meditation tools that we can use. There's, you know, a lot of different people who are out there doing it and having these conversations. And I think it's about kind of bringing those pieces together and just understanding that, like, this is a common fight. Like, we really are in this fight together. And so you start vibrating on a certain level and you're going to be hitting the same frequency or similar frequencies as other people that you may not even know or personally interact with, but it's create it's creating a network and a web in of itself, if that makes sense. Uh Mm -hmm. You know, like it's no coincidence that we all came together, that the people who are on this, who are listening to this transmission right now, you know, all came together at this point in history. It's not a coincidence. Who knows what'll be created in the next few years, even the next few months. You know, sky's the limit. But if you can see it and you can visualize it, then it can be created. That's the universe that we're living in right now. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yup.
1: Just mind blowing. It really is. Sometimes I, I have to pinch myself, like, is am I really is this really where we are we're at right now? Like, wow, is this is really happening it is there's just so much veil. there's so much fog that if you don't pinch yourself often enough you get lost in the fog why well, do anyways i get lost in the fog you know what i mean like, mm-hmm. you know I, I can get lost in the fog I just sometimes it's just too much and then we don't i can't afford to do that anymore it was okay two three four years ago i can't afford to do that anymore you know what I
0: mean? mm-hmm. so, yeah it yeah.
1: conversation.
0: I'm about to go to bed. Yup, no doubt. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Thank about to boys, close girl. it out too. All right, we'll talk soon. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. All right, peace. Yeah, uh, uh, Fedco said she's so loud and clear. They don't want your boy to be on with you, bro. I hate that they do that, do your page like that. Yeah, that's how they do. That's how they do, but you see how clear that conversation was, right, folks? You already know what it is. Um, thank you so much, yo, folks. That you you know what time it is out here. Uh, I thank everybody for tuning in and just being a part of this conversation. And you know, we'll see where it all goes from here. Um, this week, just because of the vibrations we're creating right now, this might be an, an interesting week. You know. Yeah, they're gonna continue to lie. And Fedco, I don't want to overlook your comment from before. You said Fedco said that uh, his daughter's his daughter's throat closed up after receiving the shot. I, I saw your comment before. I I want to make sure I got to that. Yeah, the shit is frustrating. They lie all day long about how safe and effective. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and you know we're going to have to tap into other faculties in order to deal with this warfare that we're in right now and that's the only way i know how to fight back really because we're dealing with with this with this monolithic monster that's not human it's not even at this point it's not even being driven by a human it's it's being driven by artificial intelligence and we, we can't treat it like a human, you know? It doesn't breathe, it doesn't bleed, it doesn't have emotions. It sees us as food, you know, at the very least, disposable on many levels. So we have to approach it differently. But you know we can win this thing we just can't we can't treat it like a human being. That's all <laughs> <clears throat> um, I just wanna thank you all for tuning in. I told you I was gonna spit that i'm gonna spit that one verse for you spit that one verse, <clears throat> but I just wanna thank thank everybody for tuning in um. Definitely check us out, otwtube.com. That's our social media platform. It's free speech social media. You will not be censored. That is a great place to go and organize and and meet with like-minded people and have these conversations in a place where you know you will not be shut down, you will not be censored, your content will not be deleted, and we can start to build that network that we want to see These are just like the Terminator series. (laughs) Um, OTWtube.com. Check it out, folks. Clockwork Orange Doctors conduct tests. Excuse me. Clockwork Orange Doctors conduct tests while we locked up to stop the black apocalypse. Abort the babies to thwart the birth of the Messiah. Why you think they used to throw babies in the fire? Flame to the pyre. The wicked empire, America the beautiful, the bitch is just a liar, hands in the air make you look ridiculous, lick shot till they sick of us. This is Freddie Gray, fuck a cop, Sandra Bland, hip-hop, Eric Garner on the ground screaming for the pigs to stop, Sean Bell should have put the pedal to the metal, Trayvon should have put a bullet in that devil, Huey P could have really brought it to the man, providing cover fire till we reach the motherland. Instead, the politicians copulating with the clan It's a global corporation, but we got the upper hand because geopolitics, play it like a pro would get beat. In these streets, there ain't no second chances. Nah, that's how the game goes. Play it like a pro would get beat. I'm ready for the revolution. Here we go. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. Tune in again next week for the most dangerous two hours in radio. On the wake up so here it is y'all are you tired of being censored shadow banned Shit, are you just tired of creating content and making these platforms famous well i'm asking you to support otw2 the black youtube why you may say because our content is important and necessary and because anytime we tell the truth they shut us down on their platform so we are behind enemy lines so we cannot complain we just gotta move accordingly smarter so, since we know many of our people won't just jump ship and go to a black site, what I'm telling you to do is don't post everything that is great on their platform. Give them purge people a 10 second snippet, a 15 second snippet, and make them come to OTW Tube and come check you out. Support black things or stop complaining. There's only unity, black unity, and black economics can change our situation. Wake up, y'all. OTW Tube is where it's at. Look it up. Blood individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diane. The On the Wake Up.